No, no, no. Yeah. I agree. That is why I keep a Because I'll be a video look at lawyer. The lawyer delayed. Do let it laugh lawyer.
then um, the, I, I did discuss the members'
Good morning, everybody. Um, let me take this uh, opportunity to welcome everybody in the meeting. Valerie, are we correcting? Can we start the meeting? I can see some members. Uh, I've already greeted them. The Machironi Boramadwa. Ah. Urini. Rehoner Gabusangay. Ah, Zabu Tikakatia. Da. Valerie. A person in the meeting is collating. Thank you very much. I I <clears throat> have one apology on my side, written, and I must uh, acknowledge Tandy Wempondo is doing well in terms of submitting written apologies. Do you have any other apology I'm missing? The apology I have here is from the minister who has um, requested to, to join a subcommittee of the cabinet, ASAT committee. Uh, any other written apology, Valerie? There is an apology from Ms. Noluchungu that we received this morning, Chair. The member um, is busy with organizational duties this morning and submitted an apology. Thank you very much. So we have two apologies. So I take it that everybody's in the house. That is good. Um, without really much ado, we have about five items. The sixth item will be the item we like very much as a committee, the oversight, the program of oversight. We'll just touch upon it as we brush the meeting to us. It's, logical conclusion uh, for those of us who normally say why are we not beamed i have seen uh, uh, that we are live on youtube and i want to say to the people responsible for that Sibo, well done well done we are going to start with the a list of um, National Road Traffic Amendment Bill, Bill number seven, which was started in 2020. Um, we are going to consider uh, the proposed amendments to the bill. And I'm told that the legal people are ready now to take us through and uh, Parliamentary Legal Advisor Mepu Melele Ngema, who's the other um, state law advisor? Is state law advisor here, Valerie? Ms. Haricharan is in the meeting. Uh, Ms. Haricharan? Good morning, Chairperson, and to the members. Can I see the face? 
Moni Jefferson? The voice I hear, ma'am, I was requesting the face. I've put my video on. Can you see? Oh, I can see. Are you ready? Uh, Chairperson, um, the Parliamentary Law Advisor and myself have discussed the, the um, have done a combined draft of the A-list. And mm-hmm. by the Parliamentary Law Advisor will do the presentation. She's prepared a PowerPoint presentation. And uh, when necessary, I will um, also comment when requested to. So if that's fine. Thank you Chair. very much. Thank, Thank you. you, Chair. Uh, Ms. Pumelele? Good morning, Chairperson, and greetings to the members. Yes, I'm also here, Chairperson, and thank you for the welcome and thank you for the opportunity. Um, I will start when the Chairperson says the go-ahead is ready, and I'm hoping also Valerie can help me with the sharing of rights because, Chairperson, I just want to use the the presentation and the aid list that I tweaked overnight just to add few clarities, Chairperson. Thank you so much. If you are ready to go, um, you, I am borrowing the reins to, to run the meeting. Uh, we're going to run this meeting through your voice, uh, I'm sure, up until 11 o'clock. Um, and uh, I will then request you humbly to to fulfill other other agenda items. Are we together, Pumelele? Thank you so much, Chairperson. I am with you. I see Advocate Alma has assisted me with uh, putting up my the the, the, the screen for the presentation we must look at. Thank you so much, Chairperson. Just just before you start, uh, there's somebody who's um, calling me in the meeting. I'm sure they can't raise their hand. Let me be kind enough to hear what they are saying. I, I, I was just proposing that uh, Mangato will have to adopt the, the agenda. Oh, okay. <laughs> the agenda has to be adopted. We normally don't like... <clears throat> Um, okay, so you want to ad- adopt the agenda, uh, Honorable uh, Ketamabala? Let's hear you. Yes, I propose that we do a, a, a propose that the agenda must be implemented. There's no much room, uh, but uh, let me get anybody who agrees with you. I agree, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Mondisa uh, Siabo, for your contribution. Mamunge, Madlogov. Thank you so much, Chairperson. Alma, may I have the second slide, please? Thank you so much, members. Thank you so much once again, Chairperson. At the stage that we are at now are the deep deliberations of the bill. B7 of 2020 National Road Traffic Amendment Act, as the chairperson has pointed out. Um, chairperson, just a background, we've already deliberated as a committee on clause by clause with the committee giving us directives on what needs to be effected as a draft bill 
that will be a B version bill. Also, Chairperson, to add is that um, there were other matters that while we were going through the Chairperson and the committee did point out that we need to think them through and they might be flagged and we'll come back to them. So some of those will be pointed out, Chairperson, with the suggestions that after the discussions and the, 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 the persuasion of the members from what we took is then what we are suggesting, but it is not cast in stone because it is, as I said, the attempt to take and give effect to the directives and the instructions of the committee. So, Chairperson, I also need to point out that, as I said, during our briefing and introduction, we are basically dealing with an amendment of an existing piece of legislation. And therefore, Chairperson, the issue about going on to sections that are outside of what the bill was introduced for as an executive bill and tagged as a Section 76, there will be implications and therefore that will also be noted if necessary on the suggestions that we provide. And therefore, once we get the final approval, the final product of the process we are engaging on now will be a B version of Bill 7 of 2020 together with an A list that will have to be confirmed and approved by the members. Can I have the second slide, Madam? Thank you, Chairperson. On the A list that we 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 we've been engaging with, because the final product that the members will see is an attempt that cohorted all of the parties that are supposed to be assisting in support of the committee. That includes the departmental advisors, the state law advisor, myself, and right at the end, Chairperson, we. We, we, we gave very limited time to advocate Nell to also just cast her eyes on these issues. So Chairperson, the draft A list does mention a number of um, sections that are proposed to be amended and others that, I, as I will speak through, the members at the end will just have to guide us with, with the final position. For an example, Chairperson, the definition of bodybuilder, there was a number of um, discussions that were done, as well as emergency services. And finally, what we thought would be perhaps be the best as a suggestion is to have, because amongst others, but I will get into details when I go to that close per close, amongst others with the bodybuilder, it was an issue raised about whether the bodybuilder definition in the bill is not too narrow as compared to the one that appears in the regulation. And does it encapsulate all of the things that um, the, the, the public had pointed out through their submissions, as well as the responses that the department gave to assist the committee? So, Chairperson, we will be speaking to various clauses as under the definitions and the, the most clear that we've taken through in the A-list are changes that relate to instructor, local authority, motor vehicle, pedal cycle, as well as public road. The, the, the very detailed and, and, and very helpful submissions from advocate Swanepoel did point out the implications and therefore we've opted to take the one that, that is adumbrated in the judgment 
on, on, on the Mbele judgment by the courts, because that one we felt is we felt is the most inclusive and covers all scenarios and concerns that may arise. Hence, the law needs to bring certainty and clarity in terms of the position as we have contradicting or contrasting judgments. Also, Chairperson, we are dealing with the issue which the members there are raised uh, through the submission of Swanepoel as well, which was requesting that we make reference to the Criminal Procedure Act, which will indicate what happens to the impounded vehicles rather than leaving it open without any direction when legislation is supposed to be clear. Now, Chairperson, having said that, um, as we consider, there are possibly three methods we could have handled this process, Chairperson. The first one was to take the principal act and just insert through it so that members can run through easily with the process of understanding what was the principal act as Advocate Nell was doing, what was the principal act's position, what are we proposing to change, and what other positions will be effected. The second method we could have used is to present a draft, a draft list which just is flighted to the members and speaks to everything that we thought we've been given a, an instruction to correct. Lastly, Chairperson, which is the option that I'm taking and with your permission would appreciate to continue with it, is through the PowerPoint presentation to speak to the issues that will translate into the A-list. And the last point I need to point for the members before we engage is that there are three places that are part of the bill and very crucial. That being starting at the beginning is the long title of the bill, which basically outlines the purpose and what it is that the, 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 the attempted legislation seeks to, to bring about. And then right at the end of the bill is the memo on the objects of the bill, which generally provides clause by clause a summary what each provision seeks to undertake. And then it's it's also it's also lastly Chairperson the arrangement of sections, which is generally known as the index. These three parts, Chairperson, have already been looked at and will be amended, but for their actual final part, because it's consequential, we have to do the final correction once the members have given us the final position in terms of each clause because it, as I said, it's consequential and you need to speak to each and every change in order to correct for purposes of people to know the history and what was finally the intention of the legislature. So these are the three most basic and salient features of the bill that normally can explain to a lay person what happened, why it happened, and how did we get to the conclusion that the final draft legislation becomes for the enactment by the president. Um, next slide, madam. Thank you, Chairperson. So without taking too much time, Chairperson, I will generally rush through these matters and, and just clarify under the definition and what clause is affected by that definition. So Chairperson, as I've already pointed out on the issue of bodybuilder, uh, we will need clarity there as to whether we take the one that is on the, on the regulation and therefore do not impact, infect an amendment in the bill and take what is currently in the bill outside. Thus, it will be omitted and removed from the bill that will be passed by this committee. And then, Chairperson, the second issue 
um, and 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 is the issue uh, the bodybuilder question runs with clause ten, and what we we will be basically providing um, once the as I said, once the, the, the final position is taken, amongst other matters, there was an issue raised by the submissions that any person in terms of giving this power to determine who is a, builder, is a bodybuilder will be very problematic. Um, but then, as I said, we need to indicate whether we will go with the provision that is on the bill or discard that one and go with the detailed provision. Um, which is more broader in, in, in the regulations. And then, Jefferson, in relation to, um, to the clauses that gave us a, a serious headache and serious submission from the public, um, as well as the committee, and appreciating the issues that are currently taking place in terms of foreign truck drivers, in terms of international driving permits, um, there was a lot that was said, Chaperson, and having looked at what the existing legislation gives us, it, it, does divine, it, it does define the driver, the driving license, international driving permit, professional driver, professional driving permit, as well as um, what the demands or the dictates of Section 15, 23, and 32 currently are which are basically general, the three main provisions that seeks to address that issue that was raised by the submissions and the deliberations of the members. And we were instructed that as the supporting team, especially the legal support team, the department, myself, and the state law advisor, we must give our serious attention to those three. So, Chairperson, when we get to those clauses and the suggested provisions, I will give the details. Another issue, Chairperson, within the definitions was uh, the issue of ambulance as well as emergency services, um, Chairperson. The context of those ones and how they impact on the amendment is generally running out of Clause 45, and Clause 45 seeks to bring in a new insertion, which is a Section 62A. Um, the issue that that raises, Chairperson, is the issue of mutual agreement or consensual understanding and the responses of the department and in light of what the submission, one of the submission in this regard was coming from the AA. They pointed out that they haven't had engagements to agree on this. But as when I get to the details, I will point out how this obligation is imposed on a private sector in light of the definition of incident that is proposed by the bill and what the actual 62A will then eventually achieve. And that's what the members raised, worried about. It's not clear who will incur the, the, who will incur the liability and be paying the services that will be rendered by the private sector if the legislation imposes on them that this is now a legal obligation that is imposed on them without them having mutually agreed or found consensus and then consensual direction to move forward because we are guided by the public and the submissions that they gave us. And then the other one also Chairperson was section 65, which is amended by I think clause 46. This is the one that the general public was really, really 
giving more of the submissions, and that is the bug, the percentage on the alcohol that one can have in their bloodstream. So, Chairperson, again, this one will impact or whatever the position, and as the committee indicated, and we will point to it when we get there, it will impact on generally what Chapter 4 of the, of the bill, I mean, Chapter 4 of the Principal Act is dealing with, which is generally how to be a proper and a fit driver that is licensed and permitted to drive in our public roads. Um, and last, the chairperson was the issue of Section 75, which runs with the issues that the members raised about the shareholders committee, as well as the other issues that already are in the principal act and are, are deemed as uh, provisional or transitional sections that are trying to deal with the issues, keeping in mind that as this bill is a Section 76, it's because it deals with concurrent functional areas and powers that are given to both the, the, the competency of the national legislatures as well as the provincial legislatures. And if we look further, there are also other matters that impact on Schedule 5, which are the competencies of the local authorities as we understand our constitution. Next slide, madam. The other definition, Chaperson, which we have not effected on the on the A list, on the proposed draft A list, but are submitting a position that the committee must consider and then give us a direction whether eventually we really need to change what is already in the bill. Um, the way bridge facility, there was a lot of uh, submissions and discussions as well as we went through the process. But the issue that I think was standing out, unless I picked it incorrectly and Advocate Nell assisted me on this one also to try and find my bearings, is the issue of whether we've excluded or not included the mobile way bridges facilities. If I looked at the current definition, Jefferson, and we understand the standing ordinary meaning of facility, I think generally we can safely argue that the, 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 the definition is inclusive of both, whether it's a stationary facility or a mobile facility, as long as it does or seek to execute the function that is given for purposes of this, of this exercise. Therefore, we are of the view, Chaperson, that what appears in 5E as a new insertion and the definition of the way bridge facility is already inclusive of what the members were asking us to effect. Um, again, Chaperson, I just brought this point in for purposes of answering on the issue um, that relates to SANS, the, 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 the standards, the national standards that we will need to deal with, especially in terms of micro dots and, and, and um, it, it slips my mind what other provisions are, are related, but mainly on micro dots, Chaperson, as well as the issue that I've spoken to about section um, 62A, which extend the moral obligation when incidents are taking place. This as act, um, tra Road Traffic Management Corporation Act, it does as well gives another perspective and direction to the issues that were raised by the members, as well as what section seven, seven, seven of the constitution provides, because that's where we derive the mandate that every creature of statute has 
is in our supreme law of the constitution, our supreme law, the constitution, as well as then the legislation that is enacted and derived from those mandating provisions. So, Chairperson, this point is brought in to just bring guidance that the members um, need, as well as the context to say those provisions and the mutual agreements that needs to be consensual and done where we force or impose on the public sector the issues as well as the involvement of the shareholder committee and how it, it's to assist and, and deal with the issues that are already there in place. This act is of great assistance, but it must not be read separately or away from the provisions of the National Road Traffic Act. Hence, all of them together, they become the various laws dealing with traffic matters. Um, and then, Chairperson, I think this one, section 31 and 32, I, uh, on, on, the, on this act as well, is what I'm directing the members to perhaps look at and see whether if at the end we really need to bring a provision that speaks to the concern related to Clause 45 and the shareholders committee read with 93A will not be answering the concerns, but we are of the view that the concerns that were raised in respect of those three instances are already covered in our existing laws. Next uh, slide. Generally now, Chairperson, I will just take you through the actual changes. I don't know if um, Advocate Nell perhaps can be able to, to, to flight both the A list and this one so that it may be easier. Normally, she was able to do that for the members to hear what I'm saying, as well as see um, what the suggested provisions are there, are there for. Ah. Just give me a second. I'm just going to open your A-list now. Thank you, ma'am. One second is passed. Hey, I have so many screens open. I'm going to share it now. <laughs> well, I was just saying the advocate has said one second. <laughs> Thank you, advocate. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, Chairperson. Um, I will just breeze through on what close one will be will be dealing with. It's the issue of the bodybuilders, Chaperson, which should have been on top there, number one, whether we are deleting it as it appears in the bill or we then beef it up as already suggested by the, by the submissions and the members' deliberations. It's emergency services with an issue only, Chaperson, on our suggestion, the issue of private body because it will then read means emergency medical services provided by an organ of state or private body for private use, disaster management services, fire and emergency services, traffic officers, traffic warden, members of the South African police services, municipal police service, members of the South African National Defense Force, or the department responsible for health issues. The only outstanding issue, chapters in which we will need guidance is whether then in light of what I've suggested and what the members raised, especially when it comes to the issues of 
incurring and imputing liability on private structures and and 62a are we are we are we going to be satisfied are the, is the legislature going to be satisfied that that was properly covered in terms of including private bodies but this also speaks to the issue of the doctors when they have to run on emergencies for their patients and use their private cars so it's an issue that the members will just have to give us final guidance on um then chairperson what I've done with my bill. Uh, with your permission, oh, my video is already off. I didn't indicate. May I just keep it off there, Chaperson? Um, I wanted the <clears throat> manual copy of my bill so that I can explain also other things. Oh, I put it underneath the church, Jefferson, I found it. <clears throat> okay, you can go ahead, man. Okay. So, Jefferson, on page three, in line 45, um, it was also a submission that we got from, 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 from the submissions, which with all the definitions, then these are consequential changes, um, and therefore it must come out as well as on the issue of using Metropolitan Police Department um, in respect of defining emergency vehicles. So those have been cleared, Chairperson, and clarified, as well as a new definition for instructor. Um, we've taken on board what the committee submitted, what the committee accepted, and the definition that appears there is the definition that... Um, we were asked to take, and it will it will read it, it as as it outlines who are these people that will be dealing with instructors to assist people to be good drivers. Um, let's go down, madam, so that I see what is the next one. Madlogov. Um, yes, ma'am. I want to suggest that uh, where we need to get consent from the members, we should get it so yes. that we do, not, we do not overload issues. Um, it, it may work out better. I, uh, I want to suggest that let's deal with the bodybuilders and get the members to, to agree or amend and move to others. Thank you, Chair. I'll accept that cue and I will pause here in. Thank you very much for understanding. Honorable members, as we know, uh, let me invite hands. Any suggestion, agreement, disagreement? Jambas. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Chair. I think your intervention helped because that's what I was going to ask. We are seeing two screens just for clarity, the one with the detail and the one that is 
on my right of the screen or the left of the screen? Is that the proposal so that as we move on with your suggestion, uh, we know what we are particularly looking at? Um, so I thought I will seek that clarity also. So under the slide here, which says clause one, says bodybuilder and emergency, we still require final decision. But that's not what we are looking for. We are looking for what is the proposal, which I thought is where we were before uh, the colleague moved back. Is there a proposal or is there a requirement for, for discussion? Uh, but I agree with you now. This is where we are at now. I would rather we look at what is the proposal where there is no proposal, there is a need for us to debate, then it must be highlighted. But I agree with you, Chair. And uh, if I'm correct, we are looking at emergency services now, which I support that. If that clause one on my right is the proposal, I support. There goes um, <clears throat> Honorable Mangu is gone. Honorable Lunsinger. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, um, the definition um, in itself is difficult to consider um, if it's not within the context of the application. So what I mean is it's fine to look at the definition, but it might be that we will have to revisit all of the definitions once we get exposure to where it's applied within the Act, if that makes sense to you. Okay, you're done. Let, let's try to check if uh, Honorable Mangu is back. Chair, I've been here all the time, unless I muted, I contributed to say I'm in support of the proposed emergency services um, definition. Uh, having listened to my colleague, Honorable Hun Singer, I think that he has got a point to say maybe the, the definitions in fact could be affected by the context within which they are applied. Um, and if that is, is carried through, maybe we, we need to move to the substantial clauses and finish off with the, with the, um, with the definitions. Unless the team is able to take us between the substantive clause and what the definition says at the same time. Uh, but I agree with my colleague, Honorable Hunsinane. Thank you, Honorable Manu. Madhogov. Thank you, Chairperson. I think with your permission and the direction that the members just presented now, it might be better to perhaps leave the clause one and just go to the content provisions and then we come back to clause one once the members fully appreciate what we suggest in terms of context and the related provisions. Let's do that, Matlogov. 
Yeah, bonga bab. Um, Alma, take me back to to the presentation on the side of the bill, please. No, no, no. Leave the A list on 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 the side, and then let's do the the presentation on the other side. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chairperson. In respect of clause um, two and three, Chairperson, those are the first content clauses, and clause two was the one that seeks to amend section 3A of the bill. And section 3A in the principal act, Chairperson, is dealing with the, the all sorts of traffic all sorts of traffic officers that may be appointed and given powers to work with us and make sure that we are good citizens on the road. But basically, Chairperson, um, what is then suggested in respect of clause two and clause three, um, Chairperson, in respect of those officers, are the directions that we were given by the committee to add one that was missing, which was the reserve traffic warden to ensure that they are covered in the enabling provision and the empowerment. And so that's generally in respect of clause two. And jumping straight to clause five, um, the issues that were raised for clause four, Chairperson and the submissions, we've noted that some of the submissions may have repeated what they brought to the department so we didn't feel it necessary to once again repeat the changes because they are already effective. On clause five, Chairperson, it's the same issue that relates to clause two to bring about the involvement of NATIS officer as well as the reserved traffic warden, which the such the amendment as well as the principal act had omitted. That, but the committee suggested that we give them the same clarity and powers as given by the others. Chairperson, on page seven, for purposes of this clause, in, in line 17, and Amendment of section 3D, Chairperson. 3D, it's tightly in terms of the principal act. It deals with minimum requirements for registration. Minimum requirements for registration as inspector of license, examiner of vehicles, examiner for driver's license and traffic officers. So Chairperson, the, quali the qualifications that are set out in respect of those people, Chairperson, I think these are consequential changes in light of, 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 of what the committee had already indicated and in the addition of these two structures or these two officers. Hence, the, the amendment that is in this clause is basically to make sure that that correction is effected and they are added as per the instruction. Um, the issue of shareholder committee, Chairperson, I'll explain it. And in this instance, I think the state law advisor as well will have to come in and explain this one. 
once I'm, 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 I've dealt with generally what Section 93A as well as the impact such, um, pro, su such provision is having on the bill. But if, 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 if understood and we are together in terms of what we are, we will be presenting to the committee. This is the issue where the shareholder committee and the minister on the converging powers and the powers that are overlapping is, is a matter we are trying to correct and clarify once clear what that provision is dealing with and who, who owns that specific power. Can we move on? Um, and that's in relation to, to clause five, Chairperson. So there wasn't much that was changed other than to deal with those structures. Clause seven, Chairperson, and under clause six, uh, under clause six, we are not effecting any other changes, Chairperson, because when we deliberated with the members, the questions were on the May and the must, um, as well as the issue of off under 6DH, the examiner for driving, the other suggestion was suggesting that we do the off instead of having the four there. So those are just consequential and grammatical changes, but also on the issue of May, as we explained, and we, we appreciated that perhaps members understood the May in the context of giving the discretion, not necessarily that in, it, it imposes a compulsory duty that whatever appears there needs to be done or be enforced and imposed on those that might do it. So the Mays that appear, and as we explained, are generally to enable the discretion and be able to, to, to look at what needs to be done and how it should be done rather than be, be, be directive and enforcing when the process may have to depend on each, on each circumstances. So what Clause 7, Jefferson, if we move forward, does, which is an amendment that's effected, there was an issue, as I said, in respect of vehicles impounded when a traffic offense is being committed. The, the comments were suggesting that we are not speaking to what then will happen to the vehicle. And the, the submissions were suggesting that we give effect to the provisions of the Criminal Procedure Act. Um, the suggestion was specific to the sections, but we thought it's, bro it's, it's better and more a good drafting start to just speak to the whole act, just in case there are other relevant provisions that if we list out, we may leave them out. Chairperson, um, on clause eight, um, I want to try and attempt to explain clause eight together with clause nine. Clause eight, originally, it was substituting the existence of section 3L. And the existing section 3L, Chaperson, if we look at the principal act, it seeks to deal with approval of training centers. But that approval basically is telling the relevant functionary that the training center must be registered. So what we are doing in terms of the suggestion, Chaperson, and the issues that were raised, whether 
everything, the structure and the person is graded. Um, what are the current compliance requirements and what appears in the legislation? So what we thought we need to do in terms of what the new insertions, which are 3M, 3N, 3O, and under clause nine, they speak to those concerns that were raised. And therefore, all we are doing in terms of clause eight in, in, in order to, 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 to correct and deal with the issue of the training centers is to clarify the topic, I mean, the title of that provision 3L, and then under clause nine, it then becomes in sync to speak to, 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 to the issues and the new insertions. If you read the whole section in its entirety, um, 3L with the new provisions that they are bringing about in the bill itself already. So there is really not much that is being affected for purposes of clause eight and, and, and clause nine. Clause 10, Chaperson, is an issue that deals with registration of manufacturers as well as the, 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 the body builders under Section 5, Section 5 of, of, of the existing legislation. We were asked to ensure that so that we don't leave anything out, we make sure whatever is done there, it must be subjected to all the relevant traffic laws. And that's the suggestion that, um, that it seeks to provide there by saying, there must be compliance with all the applicable traffic laws. We have not effected any changes on clause 11, Chaperson, as well as clause 12. Um, clause 11 is, is, is the introduction of how to handle the issue of blank number plates, the issue of micro dots, so it's a new provision, but what we found, Chairperson, is that most of the submissions and the deliberations as we went through, it's some of the issues that were already, like I said, with other provision brought before the department. And when the bill came before introduction, they already effected the changes. Hence, we have not done any of the corrections unless the members feel we have left something in respect of clause 11, clause 12, um, as well as clause 18 in what they were, they had instructed us to do. But it relates to the issues that when we go back to, to the definitions, the issue of micro dots, the issue of bodybuilder, and the issue of way bridge facilities in terms of giving the definition that eventually the committee agrees to and feels that it exactly captures the instructions and what, what we sought to achieve. Um, Jefferson Clause 14 and Clause 15 are the ones that uh, the members deliberated a lot on, as well as ourselves when we were trying to find a way how to handle it. But just as a way of background, Jefferson, Clause 8 was the original Section 8 of the Principal Act. And Section 8, in its original appearance. It was titled Application for Registration of Driving License Testing Center. So there were various issues that were raised in terms of a testing center. Um, and what we have then suggested to capture all those changes and the repetition that 
the submissions and the members felt was done by the new insertion 8A and the existing section 8, because it's already there and it's already not saying much if we leave it there. We thought it's best as, as for drafting conventional standards to reject clause 14 and capture everything in line with what the memorandum of object is saying under clause 15. And we are then under clause 15, adding all the other things that were left out and the submitters were saying we need to correct. So eventually what will appear in the principal act should the members agree to this, it will be the amendment of clause 15, which seeks to capture both what clause 14 and clause 15 attempted to achieve. It, it can then, for easy reference of the act and following the act, be found all together under section 8A, which will be a new insertion, um, which is already part of the act, but sort of took over what section 8 was already doing. So that is basically the cleanup and the correction we are suggesting, Chairperson, which aligns with the new definition of local authority that we brought into the definitions, as well as what the submitters had given us to say, and the members raised the issue of municipality and local authority. We are now defining local authority as all the municipalities found in the constitution and defined how they are determined and established. So this is the best way we thought is best to explain and correct clause 14 and clause 15. I'm hoping it, it's making sense, Chairperson, because it's a bit of a muddled and convoluted matter um, that also gave us gray hairs. And moving forward, Chairperson, again on clause 16, it was an issue of shall, must, and may. Um, it is basically grammatical use of the terms and the other ones outdating the other, but we haven't done any, because if we do the corrections, then we will have to revamp the whole act in terms of shall, must, but the meanings are still the same. Where shall appears or must appears, it's still mandatory and compulsory, but for developing English and preference, we, 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 we better be using must moving forward instead of shall. And then on class 17, Chairperson, I think this one I must clearly bring to the attention of the members. It does relate to the issue of the juristic the, the, the definition of a person which is inclusive of both juristic as well as the, the natural person being a, an individual person. But it also speaks to the issue that um, members would have followed with the news um, for, for, for allowing the appointment of a person and authority or body. It's the correction that seeks to to bring that clarity there, that when generally in law we speak to a person, we speak to both a juristic person and a natural person. So it's just a consequential correction that eventually will make the act more easier to read and, and understand. The same with clause 18. 
And clause 19, while it appears as clause rejected together with clause 20, it's because of those provisions, Chairperson, that we're attempting to bring about the, provincial, the provisional license in addition to the list that we know about a driver's license. And once you have passed your test as a, as a learner, you then move to make the attempts being the proper driver. So because the members in our discussions and they are pointing us to the end or the outcome, they indicated that that um, as far as they, as they are concerned, they are not persuaded to get the concept and, and understand what exactly would be achieved in the end. Hence, the effect of, of rejecting clause 19 and clause 20 will be to take out anything that relates to adding a provisional driving license in between a learner license and an actual license. So that's what is the impact of rejecting clause 19 and clause 20 is to deal with all the issues about a provisional license and all the institutions uh, that are coming through. Madlogov. Yes, sir. There was a lot of glitch, uh, clear. Oh, thank you, Chairperson. I'm I'm sorry I couldn't pick that up, and my network is is intact. Chairperson, I was saying in respect of clause 19 and clause 20, this relates to issues about the addition of a provision a provisional license, which would have come in between a learner license and a, an actual driver's license once the person has gone through the test. So what the deliberations of the members pointed out is that they don't want to effect these changes in the principal act. Hence, that will be the impact of rejecting clause 19 and clause 20. It totally takes away the issue of the provisional license. And if, if, if the departments maybe intends to pursue it, I also pointed out that the provisions under section 14 as they stand does enable such in terms of of regulations and directing what exactly was the concept that they intended to bring to the members. But the discussion of the members prompted us to come to the conclusion that whatever is being effected right now by clause 19 and 20 is not accepted. Hence, we are saying clause rejected in its totality as 19 and 20 in the, in the amended bill 1920 will not be part of the bill, and therefore there will be no changes to section 13 and section 14 of the principal act. We then move to section 15, Chaperson, which deals with the disqualification. Um, it deals with disqualification from obtaining or holding a learner's or driving license. The, that is under clause 21, Chaperson. Generally, Chaperson, what appears in clause 20, in, 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 in section 15 and section 23 and section 29 and section 32 of the principal act, relates to the issues that the members raised in respect of the SADC community uh, as defined and understood 
and what the bill defines to us as prescribed territories. But it also speak, beginning to speak to the matters that were raised about the truck driver violence that is nationally on the roads and a concern for, for, for all of government. So what, Chairperson, we are proposing in terms of Section 15, which is under Clause 21, read together with um, Clause 23 and Clause 28, which amends Section 23, as well as Clause Clause, clause, I think it's clause 38, which amends section 32. What we are suggesting in terms of these three clauses, Chairperson, is to bring an answer or a suggested solution to what was the concern of the members, the concern of what is currently happening, and an enabling provision that can assist the minister to deal with the issues at hand that are impacting on on the country as a whole, as well as our standing conventions, whether internationally as the bill defines it, or the conventions that we've agreed and, and, and rectified in terms of the SADC communities. Hence, Chaperson, what is the end result, especially under clause 21, are the consequential changes that will assist us and assist the intention of the members as the legislators to then give effect to the changes that we would suggest for purposes of, of section 23 and section 32. This is an alignment having taken on board everything that the members and the submissions suggested to us, Chairperson. These basically seem consequential. As I indicated, we are dealing with an existing legislation Hence, members will be seeing omit and substitute and the underlines. It's basically the drafting standard, um, which we will, if need be, we will explain in details to the members. Clause 22, Chairperson, is the one that was saying people must take back their licenses if there are any changes or if there's an upgrade, you're moving from a code eight to another code. The members said they don't see the need of that. And therefore, what exists currently, let it, let it continue. Hence, Clause 22 will come out of the bill. There won't be any changes in terms of having, um, in terms of having to impose to people to take back their, their licenses. Um, on Clause 24, Chairperson, this is the one that amends Section 27. I mean, Section 17, which I almost spoke to in another provision, and I said, it's what the minister spoke to and, and it was unrelated. But in this instance, Chairperson, this deals with the issue and the difficulties that we went through during, during the COVID time, that the bill, the, the act was generally restricting the application of, of, of having to be a proper driver and a permitted driver in terms of the act by applying in person. But now, with the suggestion of the department and bringing it to the members' attention also with all the definitions that we've given around in person, it is to ask um, the members and bring it to their attention that the, the, the limited 
point where it was saying you can only apply in person and in terms of moving with the times, you can now apply even online. So it's enable, it's enabling an extent where technology must also be brought in place. Therefore, just that amendment will take away the application in person and only and allow both in person as well as online applications. And that is what clause 24 seeks to achieve by its amendment. Um, Again, clause 27 was a consequential grammatical correction. A, a submission pointed out that on is not, a good, is not a good grammar word to use in the context of this provision. So we are omitting on and substituting for, from in respect of, of, of proclaiming and, and gazetting that specific part. On clause 28, Chairperson, this is now the one that I think the members may take time and consider. Clause 28 is the one that deals with section 23, which I'm saying it runs concurrently with, it. we must try to read it under the context of chapter four of the principal act. And it speaks to the issues that were raised. And I think it was the suggestion from Swanepoel which spoke to how we can correct 23 and 15 and bring them all together in order to ensure that what was the issues, what were the issues is covered. And we take away the deeming provision as the members pointed out that if you go to other countries, the deeming does not really happen, but you are enabled a specific period to just um, make sure that they will comply with the laws of that specific country. So the suggested section 23 seeks to achieve exactly that chairperson, to take away the deeming provision, but ensure that when you seek a driving license, a driving permit as a person from a prescribed territory, as a person from a foreign country, as a person from an international country and wanting to use your international permit, it's an enabling provision that says, ensure first that you comply with the conditions and the prescriptions of the country. And once that is done, because you must take personal responsibility and take yourself to the authorities, then you will get the proper authority in line with what the, 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 the citizens are also doing. So it's an attempt, Chairperson, as we were asked, um, the state law advisor, the, print, the, 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 the parliamentary advisor in the department to try and see how then can be a solution to section 23 as well as section 32, which speaks to convention, conventions and the deeming of international prescripts or international documents when it comes to driving in our public roads. So those are the suggestions, Chairperson. I don't know whether I should read it out or members can clearly read on their own and see what we were, we were suggesting. But it aligns with what Swanepu suggested and we've just made sure that it corrects and covers everything. And again, straight to clause 37, it's exactly what I've explained, um, speaking to ensure that if any person who runs a business intends to employ um, somebody with international permits or foreign permits without putting a, a risk and a responsibility on them, 
we were asked that they must not be given a power to say they must make sure that those people have these permits and they pay for them, but they must verify. Otherwise, don't just employ a person without having verified that they actually comply with the laws of the country and they are carrying the actual paperwork that is, is deemed and validated by the country of the laws, by the laws of the country. So that's what Clause 37 and Clause 28 are trying to do, Chairperson, in light of what we are suggesting. And then, Chairperson, Clause 41, we effected a change there. There were not other changes that were done in the other sections. Um, in light of the deliberations of the members. But close 41, Chairperson, it's what we brought in after the deliberations of the members, as well as, as explaining that the in-person or any person is, is already a, a word that legally we have a definition. But what we do, because it was dealing with the delegation by the MEC, as well as any other delegations within the Act, we just wanted to ensure that even if we change the delegation to any person, because we appreciate that this is a is a is a, an overlapping function, as we've seen under the Constitution schedules schedules four, uh, as well as schedule five. But the power to regulate, as appears in section seventy five of the Principal Act. That's the only power, even if delegation happens by the MEC or delegations happens by the minister, it cannot be done because this is a, a, an ordinary power the legislature is, re, is restricting to only those that are mentioned. So the powers of Section 75 cannot and should not in terms of the law and in terms of understanding the, 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 the concepts of delegation. And that is exactly what Clause 41 seeks to achieve. And quickly, Chairperson, as I've explained most of these things in my previous slide, what Clause 46 is then doing, um, oh, quickly, Chairperson, on Clause 42, I think this is the one where we were asked to bring the list and add other agencies that may be necessary. The department will pitch in, but from our engagement, we thought that what already appears, Chairperson, is the only structure, the passenger rail agency of South Africa, that what is sought to be achieved by this provision is addressing. So what appears already, we felt it's necessary unless the department can bring in the list and, and assist in clarifying more that it is not necessary to make any changes than what appears on section 57, which is close 42. On clause 43, Chairperson, um, we didn't effect any changes. And then moving straight to clause 45 is the one that I explained, Chairperson, which brings in the responsibility of the private sector when there are incidents on the road. It's an issue of mutual consent, but because it's not achieved as per the submissions, we are only bringing a suggestion that, and in light of the deliberations, perhaps the members would want to consider Clause 45 by either rejecting Clause 45 as a new insertion, which 62A reads, in the event of a road accident, 
the emergency services shall immediately respond to the incident and render all the necessary services as prescribed. And the issue was on the definition of emergency services. And if we bring the private bodies, the issue still remains as members raised it. What will happen in respect of the fees? And, and this is not, a, 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 it may be a moral obligation, but it's not a legal obligation that must be imposed on the private sector without clarity. So if the, 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 the committee wants to legislate on this, all those issues that they themselves raised and the submitters raised must first be clarified so that when they don't comply, they know what they are not doing and what they need to do. So there, there is a provision that um, we need to add and deal with in respect of Clause 45, whether in light of the emergency services definition and what members will finally direct us on Clause 1 definitions, will we still need Clause 45 or it will have to be to be omitted and rejected as, as, as I've explained in the other clauses. Running straight to clause 46, Chairperson, it was that one, which was changing the alcohol concentration into zero. The members were very clear, no changes there, hence clause rejected. And again, in terms of clause 47, this is where I had indicated I will explain in terms of the shareholder committee, and the making of the regulations. Again, Chairperson, the members were clear in this instance, even after we had read clause 93, I mean, section 93A and how it impacts on, on, on the whole act as such, that clause 47, no one wanted changes and the taking out of the shareholder committee. Hence, there are no changes that will happen to section 75. And by saying clause rejected, um, both in 46 and 47, that means there won't be any changes in the existing sections as the, the public at large was actually indicating. So what is in place will remain in place. Clause 49 is basically Chairperson, a consequential correction in terms of what the submitters pointed to the committee. Instead of speaking to the laws of any province, we were restricting it to only ordinances. But now that we know that this is an overlapping function, any prescribed requirements must be followed, whether it's a national law, it's a provincial law, it's a bylaw. That is what it will achieve by saying the prescribed requirements. And we are effecting that change in post 49. In respect, of again in clause 49, Chairperson. Yeah, I think it's sufficient what I've said um, in terms of the correction that's effected. Clause 50, Chairperson, is a bit of a, an entangling tandem one, but it was dealing with the, the big, the big, the abnormal loads, um, the abnormal loads, vehicles on the road and members had raised uh, various issues in terms of who will determine what are the fees and why are we saying it's a may and the must in terms of giving that power to the minister and the MEC. What we are suggesting in, in terms of close 50 then Chairperson is to attempt to address the issues that the committee had raised in respect of ensuring that it's clear. But then again, section 92 of the existing act 
also assist in terms of the issues about the fees and the determination. Because when we read the amendment bill, we must never forget to read the principal act in its entirety as well in terms of other matters that could already be covered and already clarified. Um, so person, uh, uh, winding towards the end, as I said, clause 53 is the one that will deal with the arrangement of sections, the index. This we will also effect the proper correction once all the consequential amendments and the proposed amendments by the committee are clear. And therefore, the work on the amendment of arrangement of sections and the work on the long title and the work on the memo still needs to be finalized. That brings me to the end, Chairperson of the presentation on the A-list. I trust that I attempted to make it clear because it wasn't an easy task, but it also because our bill is complicated. Thank you, Chairperson. Madlogov. We're going back now in terms of our arrangement, am I correct? To deal with uh, what we need to correct, amend, agree with. Right, clause one. So the proposal is on, on my right, where it is written clause one, am I right? Chair, if I can come in, um, just before yeah. we get to the A-list, which is here, clause one, this is the A-list, the new draft A-list. We mm -hmm. just need um, the, the slides that um, our parliamentary legal advisor indicated. And having made the discussion and highlighted some of the um, submissions regarding the definition of bodybuilder and the concerns around that. Um, so for this one, we'll just need members' input, as, as she indicated, whether or not um, we're going to leave this in the bill as is proposed or whether or not we're going to remove this and rely on what is in the Principal Act and the regulations to the Principal Act, because the submissions indicated that the, the um, regulations have a very more detailed definition of bodybuilder. It's not here in the Principal Act, but it's in the regulations. Um, so, Chair, I think the legal advisors and maybe the department can indicate if we're going to move away from this proposed definition in the bill, is it more appropriate to have that definition in the regulations? And if they do it that way, is it because there might be um, more regular changes to what constitutes a bodybuilder for the purpose of um, building new bodies on chassis or chassis cabin cabs or modifies motor vehicles. So I think that that was the, the one point where, where the legal advisor said, we just need to get input from members, um, whether or not we're going to stick with the bowls definition or follow the submissions that say the 
definition in the regulations is more detailed. You are saying in addition, Advocate Nell, that maybe we should test that with the department. Jay, I I think it would um, just give us a bit more guidance Mm -hmm. um, on, I know Chair normally likes to ask the question, would it hurt if it's in the Mm -hmm. bowl? So Mm -hmm. if this is suitable uh, versus the definition that's in the regulations, um, do we keep this definition? Do we insert the definition in the regulations or do we leave it to be defined in the regulations alone, allowing for more regular amendments without needing to bring the bill, a new bill to parliament every time to amend uh, the definition. Chair, I think those are the the three areas that perhaps the department can um, just give us a bit more clarity on. Advocate, thank you very much. Advocate Mahatu, are you here? Uh, yes, I am, Chairperson, um, and uh, good morning to everyone on this platform. Um, Chairperson, from the de- from the deliberations that we that we held, Chairperson, I mean, from from where we're sitting, one, I would agree with the submissions that uh, uh, the parliamentary legal advisor made that the definition for bodybuilder as outlined in the regulation is far much more comprehensive enough. And uh, thus making the one in the act more look like it's limiting. To that, to that extent, the option would be perhaps, if at all addressing the concern that uh, Advocate uh, Nell has raised, that it be uh, moved up into the bill if the drafting conventions allow or that it remains where it is within the regulations and uh, um, it, it addresses the issue that we've, we've been discussing and then it, it, puts it to, uh, puts it to bed, so to speak. So yeah, that would be uh, our submission or input in that regard, Chairperson, hoping that it assists. Thank you. Thank you, Advocate. Let let me invite members' views at this moment on this matter. I have three hands. Or before I get to members, let me take Ms. Um, Richeren. Then I'll take Honorable Manu, followed by Honorable Unsinga. Or Lawrence McDonald, Honorable. You will be the third one. Ms. Arjaren. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, just with regards to the issue of definition of bodybuilder, this is a matter of legislative drafting practice in terms of the amendment bill. Um, this term bodybuilder is used throughout the bill. It's actually used in 20 places or so during the course of the bill. And for the sake of clarity of interpretation and for standard drafting practices, um, it's our view, subject to the, to the department's approval, that the definition of bodybuilder be included in the amendment bill. Um, should the department decide as well to also elaborate on the definition of bodybuilder in future regulations, 
um, from our side, this shouldn't be a problem because the regulations do also have the force of law and um, are read together with the Act. So then this should be fine as well. But it's our suggestion to the members that the definition of bodybuilder be included in the bill, uh, in the definition section, section one, as it's uh, used throughout the bill. Um, thank you, Chair. I thought we were following the order. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, well, the first thing I think Advocate Nell has put up, and I am assuming that's the definition within the regulations, which is more elaborate. Um, my suggestion, without prolonging the matter, is that if the bodybuilder is kept in the regulations in the way it is there. We would rather take it in the way that it is formulated there and put it in the draft amendment uh, bill or uh, act because there it is more specific. And uh, I am of the view that this matter should be in the act rather than in the regulations so that it could always give legislators a sight of it. And again, this is in the context of what we are dealing with in terms of the public protectors report, where many of the things that we see happened as a result of the looseness in this space. So my submission is that I propose, or rather we stick to it in the amendment, but we broaden it to be in exactly the same way it has been captured in the regulations. Thank you, Chair. Baba Hunzinga, you were to follow? Um, thank you, uh, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, um, I am also convinced that um, this definition should be included in uh, the bill itself, not the regulation. As such, it then gains a particular status as uh, overarching reference, and um, it might be valuable for the improvement on legislation in this particular field. I'm comfortable with the content, the description. Uh, the elements which it's including and by implication excluding, uh, and therefore I feel it is it is uh, correctly positioned as proposed, and I therefore support it being part of the bill, not the regulation. Thank you, Jane. Another person. Uh, good morning, colleagues. Uh, Thank you, Chairperson. Good morning, colleagues. Um, Chairperson, I'm 100% support of, of the previous speakers. Um, Honorable Manu captured um, my thinking exactly the way I was going to respond, and I'm 100% covered, and I'm going to support Honorable Manu's uh, suggestion, and uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Chairperson, for the. Thank you very much. <clears throat> We're done with this one. The next one. Matogov. 
Chairperson, uh, may advocate now continue with this one as we move to emergency services, Chairperson. Okay. Air voice, <laughs> voice is nicer. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> advocate? It, it might be because I'm controlling the screen, Chair. Um, Chair, this is the proposed expansion of emergency services. Um, the definition is on this side for members here, as it is proposed in the bill. So that was what was proposed in the bill. And this is what is now proposed in the A list. So, Jim, just going to read this one. It means emergency medical service services provided by an organ of state or private body for private use, disaster management services, fire and emergency services, traffic officers, traffic warden, members of the South African Police Service, Municipal Police Service, members of the South African National Defence Force, or the department responsible for health services. Now, Chair, it's just important, um, as indicated by our legal advisor, the, um, the private body liability or private use liability, uh, when we link it to um, the other clauses that were read, that require them to respond in all emergency services or all emergency situations. There may be a concern, as was raised in the submissions, about how do you force the private bodies, does it force the private bodies to respond in all situations, whether or not there is a memorandum of agreement with them and let's say the health services in the, the um, municipality or in the province, or for example, with Sunrolls medical services that they sometimes have, um, if Netcare 24 or the 911 guys or any of the other private ambulances are the closest to the scene and they respond where or who do they claim their fees from if there isn't already a memorandum in place. So she, this is where... Um, it gets a little bit difficult because some of those service providers and the submissions as I think it was the AA indicated by the legal advisor made that submission that they were, they were not consulted. If they are to be included, they were not consulted on this. So it may um, cause a concern from their side. If the bill is taken forward, they could say that they, there wasn't sufficient consultation with them, or there could be a dispute in terms of who covers the costs, because if they pick up somebody that doesn't have medical aid to cover the costs, where do they get the money from? Do they then have to claim it from the hospitals, or do they first need to have an agreement with the provincial uh, Department of Health in order to claim these services back? So, Chair, that is... Um, the little bit of a ball in the air or a, a, a stumbling block that we have to deal with uh, in terms of this one before we agree on the definition, Chair. Um, I hope um, the legal advisors and state law advisor can just jump in if I didn't clarify this sufficiently um, to raise their concerns. State law advisors, um, I don't see them. It means they are covered. 
Yes, Chair. Sorry, Chair. We are here. We are covered. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Mangu, followed by Honorable Hansinger. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Advocate, for that explanation. I, I don't see a, a, a problem here, Chair, uh, because here we are not dealing with issues of claiming because there would not be any claim, in my view at least, that would arise as implication or consequence of a National Road Traffic Act once amended. Here we are dealing with an issue of defining once you are using a public road, in terms of this emergency services, who is defined there? I'm not sure why we want to interpret or try and understand who would claim from where and how and all those agreements. While I'm not saying they're not important at all, but I'm saying as it relates to the bill before us, I'm really struggling to understand its relevance thereof. Uh, maybe that clarification could assist me. Uh, but if I'm correct, then this current proposed emergency services draft, in my view, suffices. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Lonsinger. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. <clears throat> Chairperson. Um, I, I think we, we sit with a classic example of um, two opposing uh, sets of value. Um, the one moral in nature and the other one legal in nature. Um, I think the need for this particular description leans over towards a civic responsibility um, and therefore, to cut a short line directly to this particular debate, if any involvement is subject and necessitates additional agreements, they should be in place. And therefore, the moral obligation to act to a particular emergency cannot be overruled by an arrangement of payment. Uh, the obligation to save a life to me stands. And therefore, this is how far our objective and our assignment is in terms of putting detail into this act. And therefore, Chairperson, whatever agreements is necessary to get paid, I would submit that that would be responsibility of the particular service in relation to the area where it functions, in relation to the particular paying um, stakeholder. And therefore, Chairperson, I um, want to submit that it's fine in the current description and we should accept it as is. Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> Any member who has a different view must raise their hand now, otherwise they must keep their peace. Going once, thank you very much. Advocate, that was first Thank you, Chair. Then just here at line 45, um, the new ALIS just suggests the removal of emergency here in the description of emergency vehicle. Um, 
That is this number two that they are proposing there. Uh, so then it would read, means a firefighting vehicle, firefighting response vehicle, rescue vehicle, ambulance, medical response vehicle, a vehicle driven by a traffic officer, and so forth. Um, I think this is also to uh, address some of the concerns that members raised regarding what, um, whether or not, if we just say emergency vehicle or emergency medical response vehicle, um, will it also cover doctors that have to affix a, a light on the car to respond to a, um, a situation? So I think that if we say that it is a medical response vehicle, that should allow for those purposes as well. Uh, Chair, then on line 49 here is to omit the um, Metropolitan Police Department or <clears throat> because if we refer to municipal police service, uh, municipals will cover all spectrums of the three. It'll be the district, the local and the metro. Um, so by using just municipal police services that should be covered. Otherwise, it's a bit of a duplication here, Chair, or you have to also specify the other types of um, services. So that one just makes the emergency vehicle or those to make the emergency vehicle definition a bit um, clearer and more in line. Then, Chair, before I get to instructor, um, I hope that, that those two additional proposals are fine for members. Let me not assume. Let me check if there's any hand that seeks to say this something. In the case of no hand, I take it that uh, it is fine going once. Thank you, Advocate. Let's forge ahead. Thank you, Chair. Then here in the bowl, members would have seen the instructor definition was very short. Uh, but in the deliberations and uh, based on the presentation received from the department, as well as Ms. Swanepoel, and in all the members' discussions, uh, members did indicate that they preferred the proposed definition that Ms. Swanepoel gave. So the definition for instructor, um, clearing it up here in the definition is also better than trying to clear it up in the clauses. Um, that that was one of the concerns. Otherwise, you had to go to section 28B every time to, to see instructor. So now we have a nice instructor definition. So the new proposed definition, instructor means any person who for direct or indirect reward, A, instructs any other person in the driving of a motor vehicle, B, teaches any other person the rules of the road, road traffic signs, or any other teaching, in order to obtain a learner's license, a driving license, or a professional driving permit. So, Chair, that is the proposed new definition for instructor, just to get members um, feel if they are happy with that definition. Honorable members, any view? Can we move? Is everything okay? 
Advocate, let's forge ahead. Thank you, Chairperson. So members would have seen here the bill went from I to M, so there was no previous definition of local authority. But we received quite a few submissions and members' input on the need to have the definition for local authority. And then that also followed with uh, the various consequential amendments that was indicated by the legal advisors throughout the Act. So with the insertion of the new definition for local authority would read as follows, means all municipalities conferred with the powers of the local sphere of government as envisioned in Chapter 7 of the Constitution. So, Chair, that is a new definition for the poll. Before I move on. Chief, if, if members are happy with local authority, I'm moving on to motor vehicle. Sure. Uh, uh, just a moment, as advocate. Can I see hands, um, honorable members, or uh, you want us to change the modus operandi? I don't see hands here. Sure, I, on my side, every time there is happiness, I put in that thumbs up. Maybe chair doesn't see it, so as to save time. But Thank if there is a debate, much. one would raise the hand. Thank you, Chair. <laughs> Thank you, Honorable Member. Babu Ketamaba. Mondiz, you have. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, first of all, I want. Yes, Honorable Chair. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. I, I, I have a problem of. Uh, Network it always take me out because uh, there's a lot of things that I I, I I I was to make a follow up, but I don't know. Have you passed the section treaty? Advocate, check uh, our parliamentary legal advisor went through those definitions but currently we um i mean through the clauses um but currently we at the definitions so we are still going to get to uh, that clause that um amends 3d chair thank you very much you have yet uh, honorable mondisa can you lower your hand okay please yeah. thank you very much uh, just remember when we are there advocate can we forge ahead Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> okay, so we have a new proposed definition for motor vehicle. This was also from the submissions um, and members' view in the deliberations that the proposed definition that was brought from Ms. Swinnepoel's side uh, was preferred. Um, so this is what the, what the bill proposed here on this side. And this is what the um, new definition will look like. Motor vehicle means any self-propelled vehicle and includes A, a trailer, and B, a power-assisted pedal cycle, except for power-assisted pedal cycle contemplated in subparagraph three, 
but does not include Roman 1, any vehicle propelled by electric power derived from storage batteries and which is controlled by a pedestrian. Roman 2, any vehicle with a mass not exceeding 230 kilograms and specifically designed and constructed, but not merely adapted for the use of any person suffering from some physical defect or disability and used solely by such person. Roman 3, a power-assisted pedal cycle, having pedals and an engine or electrical motor as an integral part thereof, with a maximum mass of 30 kilograms and a design speed not exceeding 25 kilometers an hour, that complies with the prescribed requirements for power-assisted pedal cycles, or Roman 4, a vehicle that has maximum design speed of 45 kilometers an hour, that complies with the prescribed requirements for environmentally friendly vehicles. So, Chair, this new proposed definition is also in line with the non-motorized um, transport um, policies and the um, provisions that um, provinces also use when they look at the, um, the road construction to make sure that it allows for non-motorized transport as well as your motor vehicles. It's also very important um, that this definition of motor vehicle covers or is in line. Um, I'm sure that the advisors had a look that it's in line with road accident fund legislation or that the road accident fund will then in turn just refer to the definition of a motor vehicle in the National Road Traffic Act for purposes of claims against the road accident fund. Um, Chair, that is the proposed new definition for motor vehicle for members' consideration. Thank you, Advocate. Members are indicating that we can forge ahead. Thank you, Honorable Unsinga uh, and other members. Let's continue. So, Chair, also flowing out of the inclusion of pedal cycles in this definition of motor vehicle and in the clauses that will follow a little bit later, um, it therefore requires us to have a sufficient definition for pedal cycle. So, members will see here um, this reference in the bull's definition to the weight and the speed has now already been covered in the motor vehicle definition. So we propose a new definition for pedal cycle as um, agreed to in the deliberations by members to follow the proposal from Ms. Swanepoel. Pedal cycle means a, a bicycle or tricycle designed for propulsion solely by means of human power, or b, a power-assisted pedal cycle as contemplated in subparagraph Roman 3, of the definition of motor vehicle. So Chair, it's already in the motor vehicle definition, therefore we don't have to repeat it here. Um, so that is just to be in a better drafting style, Chair, um, as well. Uh, if members are happy with that one, then we can go to public road. Thank you, Advocate. Let's forge ahead. Thank you. Members are happy. Thanks. Thank you, Chairperson. Public road definition. There wasn't one proposed in the bill. I'm just going to flag, get back to the 
acts definitions here for members. Okay, let's go to the act. And there is, I'm quickly just going to flag it to members because it's now, okay, let me, let me do this. There we go. Then we can all see everything. So this is the public road definition that is currently in the Act. Members will see it's a lot shorter um, than the new proposed one, but the new proposed one, I think, covers all the uh, concerns raised on the definition. So the new proposed definition will read, public road means any road, street, or thoroughfare, or any other place, whether a thoroughfare or not, which is a commonly used by the public or any section thereof, or B, the public or any section thereof is a right of access and includes, Roman 1, the verge of any such road, street, or thoroughfare, to any bridge, ferry, or drift traversed by any such roads, street, or thoroughfare, and three, any other work or object forming part of or connected with or belonging to such road, street, or thoroughfare, and includes roads inside a residential estate or any other area with the prescribed methods of access control. Share this one again. This is very important. Apologies, um, Advocate Now, I accidentally muted you. <laughs> Thank you, Valerie. I saw you were muting me. Um, just when I want to tell members that the definition of public road is also important for road accident claims, it's also important. Um, there's quite a bit of lit um, litigation on who controls or maintains speed or um, road signs in um residential areas, especially where there is boom gates or estates or access control methods. So this will then cover all of those issues and bring it in line um, with some of the, the case law that we've seen, um, as the legal advisor mentioned, um, that expanded uh, the definition of a public road. So, Chair, that is the new proposed definition for public road for members' input and consideration. Thank you, <clears throat> Advocate. Um, members are happy, Advocate. Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> then just moving to clause two, So members will see here, this is uh, an addition to page six, line 15. So after this, we will insert um, reserve traffic warden. This was based on the deliberations from members uh, so that we do also cover the, the reserve traffic wardens here because we did also include the NATUS officers. And then on page six, line 20, to admit subparagraph, and just substituted with subparagraphs. 
So, Chair, that is uh, just to make sure that the grammar is correct and to make sure that it does cover the additional paragraphs that have to go in there. Chair, that is the proposed additions to clause two. Um, let me see happiness from members. Um, advocate, there is no question. I see a hand that say happy. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Chair. You. As indicated by our legal advisors, two, clause two and three are basically the same. So uh, there was no further additions proposed to clause three. Uh, clause four, um, that one in our notes through the discussions, um, there was some clarity seeking questions on the spousal partner issues, but that was addressed with. Uh, the department in the in the meetings and the presentations so there's no new additions to clause four proposed then in getting to clause five uh, again this one also makes sure that we include the NATIS officer as members indicated during the deliberations because two and three um, have those included uh, it follows through that it should also be included in clause five so we've amended the heading to now also um, have the reserve traffic wardens and NATIS officer included in there. And then also the addition here in line 12 after officer to insert here a reserve traffic warden or a traffic warden as indicated here in the bowl. Uh, just make sure that we cover all those additions. And then chair here in line 12, it's to remove the all, and then after warden to insert or notice officer. So it's going to be traffic officer, reserve traffic warden, comma, a traffic warden, or notice officer. And then G down here in CA, this is the 3D that uh, Mr. Sitole was asking about. This, this is the section that affects um, 3D. And here the proposal is to omit in this line, shareholders committee, and to substitute this with minister, and as indicated by our legal advisors, Chair, that was because of Section 93A that the department indicated in the discussions. Uh, if I pull 93A up, it's that clause that says the phrases and the words are really used interchangeable with each other. Um, I just want to refresh members' memory. Uh, bring... There we go. It's part of the transitional provisions. Um, so members will see uh, sections 3A to 3E, so it'll fall under 93AA. Any reference to the chief executive officer or the inspectorate of driving license testing centers or the inspectorate of testing stations shall be regarded to be reference to the MEC concerned. And then here also for B, um, section 3, one and two, any reference to shareholders committee shall in consultation 
the relevant MEC shall be regarded to be referenced to the MEC concerned and any reference to shareholders committee shall be regarded to be referenced to the MEC concerned. I just want to see further down here, Chair. So Chair, what it might need is just to make sure that um, the reference here that they have, for example, in 51A, any reference to shareholders committee shall be regarded to be a reference to minister. Um, it, it should apply the same to here. I'm not sure if this is going to require a consequential amendment later on to 93 capital A, um, or if these provisions are fine. I think the legal advisors can just um, indicate whether they are happy um, that it covers that indication from the department that these are either or, so you can um, substitute minister here, um, or if members feel that we should not remove the minister and keep it as it is proposed in the bill, uh, then members can indicate same, because if we keep it the way it is in the bill, it will read, has obtained an appropriate qualification at a training centre approved by the shareholders committee. Uh, but members, this is again, um, <clears throat> you have to link it up with the sections in the bill and the act that referred to training qualifications for these officials, uh, for the wardens and the examiners. If in the clause that speaks to the training, it refers to the minister, then this should be changed to the minister. I think our legal advisors can just um, clarify that one for clause five, Chair. Legal advisors, where are you? Thank you, Chairperson. This one will be for Ms. Hari Kashan, Chairperson, with your permission, please. Ms. Hari Charan. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, Chairperson, with regards to Clause 5, uh, it was, as mentioned by Content um, Advisor, to provide for provision for the NATO's officer and the reserve traffic warden. Um, and in relation to, as she's mentioned, Section 93 Act, um, does refer to the shareholders committee and the uh, MEC and the interchangeability of the use of usage of those terms. It is already provided for in the Act. And um, basically in terms of the A-list, the proposed amendments are to provide for on page seven for the inclusion of the reserve traffic warden and the NATIS officer. Um, thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Let me hope that that is clear. There is a hand from Uchambas. Ghana Chambas. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, maybe if Ms. Harisharan will help us when she contributes again, speak closer to her mic because we could hardly make, at least I could hardly make uh, what she was saying. Chair, my contribution is in uh, number six. Uh, which seeks to omit the shareholders' committee and substitute with the minister. 
and all such uh, references in this particular piece of draft in front of us. Chair, my view is that, as I've said before, the intention of the shareholders committee is very clear in terms of the RTMC Act. What seems to appear here is that maybe, this is my assumption, there is frustration in getting the shareholders committee to do what it's supposed to do. And now there is now an attempt to get back those powers to the minister. I think, Chairperson, it is something that will not really fly. Even in my view, it will not pass constitutional master. Because at least in my view, some of these functions referred to here are functions that should be performed at another sphere of government if it is not through the shareholders committee. I therefore submit, Chair, that only on clause six, as I said, that is where my comments are. I'm in agreement with the others that we do not accept the replacement of the shareholders committee with the minister and we keep the shareholders committee at the center. Thank you, Chair. Chambers. Mondis. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, I think uh, Oron Mangu have uh, taken what I was uh, actually want to say because actually from, from my side, it is very difficult when you are saying you, might, you have to omit the shareholders committee because we are talking about, uh, about the, 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 the shareholders here. So how can the shareholders can be substituted by, by the minister? Because there's a lot of, 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 of event that, that is going to be done by, by the minister. But if you are now taking the shareholders, it means now we are, we are, we are giving the, the shareholders nothing that they, they have to say in this bill. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, I think there is particular benefit in the current design, um, also in terms of uh, role and function, but particularly um, in the sense of um, necessary check and balances. Um, therefore, uh, I, I concur and, and um, feel that it should stay as it is. It should not be changed. Um, there's also a particular um, contestability issue that might arise in in um, in neutralizing the shareholders committee, and therefore I propose that we maintain uh, the current structure and design for its benefits. Uh, and since um, a balance in in check and balances is rather necessary, um, so therefore, Chairperson, I agree that we that we keep it as. Thank you very much, honorable members. This brings us to the pause on item number one.
as I promised you, that I am reliable. At 11 o'clock, I will want us to switch to item number two. We shall continue with item number one as we move on. Am I correct, Valerie? It's 11 hours. Um, Chair, this, um, the discussions, deliberations on the A-list is set for two meetings today and next week. Thank you very much. Now we get into deliberations on the economy. Regulation of Transport Bill. That is Bill number one of 2020. The department uh, presented last week and the members has to have their consideration in terms of the presentation by the department, um, whether we agree with the presentation of the department or we have our own views. Advocate Nell, are you going to assist that process? Let me allow you formally to do so. Yes, Chair. Um, I just want to get this one up on the screen. That's the one I need. Okay, um, members will recall the department did this presentation last week. I'm gonna try and make sure that it's a little bit bigger for all our eyes. There we go. So Chair, what, what, what I proposed uh, to my colleagues last week is that we give members the chance to look at the matrix again, because last week we ran out of time to get members input on this. Um, Chair, and then members can see this, for example, is for the definition to access. If we look at the bowl, just want to get that definition out. Okay, there's a very short definition there. Um, but here, the suggestion was to add a user to access, and then members will see here that um, the department indicated here that there might be some difficulties if you want to tailor make it to the specific um, mode or industry. And um, the department therefore did not agree to this proposed change. Um, so Chair, I just want to see from yourself or get a feel from members. If we run through the matrix, it is quite a few pages and it did take a lot of time last week. Would members like me to focus on um, the, only the responses where the department agreed to the proposed um, changes, or should I take members through them as they are here, line by line? I just need to make sure that we, we get a running process for this um, so that we can get to our next 
a list uh, for the ERT, but we need to go through this process so that we can get our drafters um, to have a clear view on members' um, input to the new A list. Members will recall this one was the one that we advertised for additional comments. That was the A list, um, especially these points marked in blue. They were the um, new amendments that were not uh, in the bill that we received from uh, the submissions as well as the deliberations. So that's one is just to refresh members. That was the old A-list. We need to add to this A-list now based on these um, responses from the department. So, Chair, if, if you can just um, give me a bit of a guidance here. If, if I'm okay to continue line by line, I am ready to do that, Chair. Like I can see you're putting a time time factor here, um, advocate. What's the difference, if I may ask you? Chair, I think if if we um if members in, in listening to last week, if we can, if I can get a feel from members, were they amenable to the department's agreements? to those changes um, rather because if if we have to go to it line by line we can do that it'll just take longer to we might have to then continue with this also in in our next meeting on the ERT but if for example I go to um, this one on definitions for number six of the A-list where the department agreed to the observation mm-hmm. um, to be revised, then I can look at those ones um, and we can try and work on just the ones that the department have already agreed to. But I, I just need um, some help from members because they could have had questions last week that they noted down. And if the department is here, perhaps the department can clarify on the questions or we're gonna clarify as we carry on, Chair. Honorable Hunsinger. Uh, thank you, Chairperson Zwane. Chairperson, um, I'm of the opinion. I'm of the opinion that um, currently we we have a very fragmented. Um, yes, not perception so much, but a fragmented structure in terms of these these many variances of um, content. And it, it would really help, although it might take longer, but it would really help uh, to go through this item by item just to structure and refresh at where we are now because very useful additional information has have been submitted which proved the public participation round to be uh, worthwhile and credible. Um, so, Chairperson, my uh, uh, um, proposal then would be that we that – although it takes longer that we do go through this um, item by item, just to give you an example around the first definition access, um, I'm of the opinion that it should not be defined at all, but you know, that access is a a, a condition defined in agreements and therefore access agreement should be defined, but not necessarily access so that we don't have to struggle with whether 
uh, users should be included opposed to only having access. So I'm sure other members have, have other reasons for going through item by item, but it would refresh our, our mindset and also direction since I'm of the opinion that it's rather fragmented at this stage. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Hunsinger. Jambas. In the land, Mangat. Chair, mine, uh, at the end, I think I do agree with my colleague, Honorable Hunsinger, in terms of going line by line. My reference to Indelendlela is really to say, I think we should be patient and uh, make sure that once we are done with this, we are happy that we have given it our best. However, my approach would be rather in going line by line, our emphasis should be where the department does not agree, because that is where I believe our role as public representatives comes in to protect the interests of the public and understand why the department doesn't agree and take a view from there. When the department agrees, I think it will be very limited occasions where we oppose that, although we can do that. I think that will also emphasize the fact that we do take the input by the public which we ask for a second round to make comments on this very important piece of legislation. Therefore, Chair, I think it, it will be painful, it will be long, but I think it's part of what we have signed up to. Let us take it line by line. My amendment slightly, if agreed, is that we concentrate on where the department has gotten a disagreement or where honorable colleagues have got a particular interest or note that's picked up. Thank you, Chair. Hallelujah, Mfundis. Mfundis? Honorable Chairperson, no, I, I do agree with, with two honorable members because if you say line by line, but I'm the, the first thing that I, I'm trying to check Chairperson, if we, we, we do agree that we go on line by line, I'm trying to check the difference between, between the access and the user. What is the difference between these two? Because I know that if you say we have to have an access, you can, you, 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 on, on different infrastructure or facilities. But I'm trying to check why do you want to use the, the user? if that one can be defined, Chairperson. Thank you very much. We'll get into those details. Thank you, Mondise. Nademegis. Honorable Chair. I see your hand is up. Uh, with respect, Chair, I want to add another confusion item that will probably help to to deal with the better of the approach that I think you are trying to, to resolve here, Chair, if I may. Yes. Um, there's one point of clarity that we seek from the Department of Transport. Uh, when, when the publication was done for the second time, um, there's a different understanding uh, 
from the department that uh, the focus of the comments uh, should have been in the main on the A-list. I'm subject to correction, but I I, had a, I have an urge to, to raise this matter, Chair, so that you, you give guidance and clarity as to how we move forward. Because most of the comments which are highlighted black, uh, vis-a-vis those highlighted blue, the ones which are black are basically on the bill itself, Chair, uh, which is the bill that was advertised for comments when it was introduced uh, to Parliament. Uh, and the comments which are highlighted blue uh, are those reflected in the, uh, or oh, we're focusing on the A-list chair. So we are grappling with the approach as well from the department's point of view in terms of uh, this next step of the portfolio committee. Should it re- be really on the totality of the comments which would be on the bill itself? and be on the A-list, or should the comments themselves be focused on the, be focusing on the A-list chair? I think that's a matter that we are grappling with. Uh, I thought maybe it's best that I raise it now that there's a discussion around the best approach of dealing with this matter, chair. It's just to share more information for the portfolio committee to consider as well. Thanks, chair. Thank you very much. Um... That they make it scooter. If you lower your hand. Honorable May, I can see you are in the house. Was your hand up? No, Chairperson. Thank you. Okay, you are just greeting. <laughs> Thank you very much for greeting. Uh, I. I see that there are comments from different organizations which are here now. I want to believe that members are correct in this instance, that uh, let's, let's go line by line. If there is a, 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 a line where we want to get some clarity, let's get clarity. And, and move on, clean up and, and be structured. That's what I'm hearing and I, I, I incline to agree with. And uh, in that note, advocate, we have given you now a direction Although longer, I'm not going to say it's painful. I will say it serves us correctly as a committee to do a thorough job. Advocate? Thank you, Chairperson. Chair, I think just on the concern um, raised by Mr. Sitoli for why this body suggested the use of user instead of access. Um, the, the department did indicate in their presentation that this is a term, the term user really is a term that they use in the aviation industry. And because this bill seeks to look at the economic regulation through different modes, uh, because the focus is on, on, on transport, um, if we 
change access to user, then we, we're basically changing the definition to suit the aviation sector and it might not suit the other sectors where the reference is more in line with access. So um, this, from what I understood, that is why the department indicated that they would still be um, happy with keeping um, access in the way that it was in the bill. Uh, because if we look here at the, um, the A-list that we did, um, there wasn't a amendment to access during the previous deliberations. Uh, but in the bill, access is there. It means the use of infrastructure, a facility or a resource by an access seeker to provide goods or services to customers of that access seeker. And that will flow into access agreement. But that access agreement is the next one where the comment comes in. Again, here from the aviation section sector, they normally would use user agreements instead of access agreements. So that is... Um, why the department indicated that for these two, um, uh, for these comments coming from the aviation sector, they believe that the way that access was described in the bill is sufficient because we can't just legislate uh, for one mode uh, or specific to the aviation sector. And then if we look here at the Western Cape's input on access, um, they say it should be extended to provide for other types of access seekers, not only those who provide goods or services. So this is from another angle. Um, so they would like that definition to be revised. And then the department indicated here that the intention of the definition in the bill focuses on infrastructure and facilities, which are catalysts for access of movement of goods and people. They do not agree with the change in definition. So Chair, that is the proposals on the term of access and access agreement um, from this first page of the comments. Um, and I'm just going to put the bill up for members so members can see those two definitions and then the members can give their input on those first three lines, Chair. Advocate. Hello. Chi, I see there's a hand of one of the members up. Yes, thank you very much. Chambas. So, th thank you very much. Thank you, Advocate. Um, I move that we retain the proposed uh, definition of access access agreement as proposed by the department. I'm of the view that uh, the aviation one is clear. Uh, however, the one from the Western Cape, they do not suggest anything, therefore making it difficult for us to see whether there would be a need to go beyond that. I move that we accept it in the way it is, Chair. Thank you. Any different view or is, um, 
Mondisa? Thank you, Chairperson. I agree uh, with the uh, Honorable Mang. Thank you. Thank you. Um, any different view going once? Thank you very much. Let's move, Advocate. Thank you, Chair. Then members will see here uh, Western Cape, Department of Transport and Public Works, um, indicates uh, for one of our proposed definition changes. So members will see here it was number six of the A-list. Oh, that's very big. There we go, a little bit better. Um, so there's number six. So road transport to add an infrastructure. Term infrastructure should be clarified. Furthermore, it's assumed that the intention was to state in line 61 and not after line 61. And the department said here they are in agreement with the observation. So they are suggesting that that after reference changes to in line 61, not after line 61. Um, but on the clarity regarding infrastructure requested here by the Western Cape Department, I just want to go down and see if the department addressed the. Oh, that's the next comment. So, Jay, perhaps. Uh, let me do the poll. Let's see if we have a definition for infrastructure. We don't have one there. If we look at the A-list, we just have a change here of an infrastructural resource owner. Um, so, Chair, I see the state law advisor has a hand up, so perhaps she can assist here for members. But if members have any queries or if they are happy to agree with the department on this amendment, um, then uh, we can just get members' input for this proposal here from the Western Cape Department, Chair. Thank you, Advocate. May Raksha Haricharan. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, just with regards to the definition of uh, the term infrastructure and the comment by the Western Cape Department. Uh, Chairperson, we humbly um, are not in agreement with the Department of Transport's um, response in regard to that comment. Uh, purely on the basis of legislative drafting practices and a matter of um, correct drafting style. The definition of infrastructure is going to be included in the bill after the definition of transport sector as it stands at the moment. Um, if one takes a look at the, um, the current um, version of the bill, in line 61, it, it cites the uh, line 61 includes the definition of transport sector means shipping and ports, aviation, rail, and road transport. And 
and the intention to include uh, the definition of infrastructure thereafter. Um, Yes, so um, we believe that it should be, remain as um, after line 61. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Harichirian. As you know, I have a hand. Chambas. Yeah, Chair, I battled again to hear Ms. Harichirian there. But what I wanted to check because I'm also inclined not to understand what the department is agreeing to, except the after which is before. I think that one makes sense. But I wanted to understand, are we saying, therefore, if you could go back advocate to the proposal as it is now, so that I can read it in the way that I understand it and make my concrete recommendation? Thank you very much. Are we suggesting, therefore, that we remove after the comma on page seven, that one, uh, and say in line, that is my first clarity. And therefore, within the inverted commas, the proposal is that we say after road transport to add infrastructure, we should read road transport infrastructure. Uh, is that my understanding? Chair, as a clarity seeking question. Uh, Thank you, Chair. I, I wish to implore Ms. Archeran's generosity to try and raise her voice. I thought uh, I was following so that uh, we don't miss the input she has just uh, made. Mayor Archeran? Yes, Chairperson, I will do that. I apologize about that. I'm just connecting via my cell phone. Um, yes, Chair, just to reiterate what I mentioned previously, um, if the members, if I may refer the, the committee to the definition of transport sector, it in the present form of the bill, it is included in line 61 of the bill. Transport sector, if I may read, transport sector means shipping and ports, comma, aviation, comma, rail or road transport. And in terms of the proposed amendments in the A list, it is also to include the word infrastructure. In the current form of the bill, the word infrastructure will be included after line 61. If one looks at the bill, the word transport appears at the end of line 61. So as a matter of technicality and drafting style um, and inclusion of a word, it would be in the next line. So technically it would be after line 61. But however, we, um, yes, that's what we feel for our, that our rationale behind the proposed amendment here. Thank you. Jamba, Zoom Tolega. Thank you very much, Ms. Hacharan. And, um, I, I therefore agree with her that we do not accept that recommendation that the department is accepting. Thank you, Chair. I think it makes a lot of sense. We continue in that line. That is my concrete proposition. Thank you, Chair. And thank you very much. 
and that they make it is good. Honorable Chair, kiko pa utusanya na muna. Tusamre. Okay, thank you, Chair, for for the opportunity. The explanation of the state law advisor, it is clear to me. Uh, it's on the basis of the fact that there will be an inclusion of an infrastructure uh, definition, which therefore means the, the line 61, uh, the after line 61 matter will, will settle as such. But I want to check with uh, if indeed did we agree on a specific definition for infrastructure? Because my understanding is that we've been using infrastructure and facility and facility interchangeably so so maybe she might help me to to understand as to what definition did we agree upon on infrastructure chair because the matter as it stands uh, after line 61 with her explanation on the basis that there would be a definition of uh, there will be an inclusion of a definition of infrastructure will, will suffice however i would want to understand what what is the definition so that we know what does it mean? Because if it does not appear in the A list, uh, how would that decision be considered by the committee going forward, Chair? Thank you. Mayor Chairman. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, if I may refer the members and the department to the previous deliberations on the bill, um, after the first round of uh, after the bill was published in the first round, the first round of public submissions, during the deliberations, the issue of the term infrastructure was discussed um, at length by the members. And it was mentioned at that stage that the term infrastructure was not included in the bill. In the definition section, in section one, there is no definition for in the term infrastructure as it stands. And if I may refer members to page nine of the bill, the introduced bill um, in line 41, that is, it starts with chapter two, and then line 42 um, is the heading for chapter two, stating access to rail infrastructure. Um, and the discussions in the previous deliberations, if I recall correctly, um, revolved around the heading access to rail infrastructure, because the term infrastructure was being used in the bill in line 42 on page nine of the bill. However, there was no definition of infrastructure in the bill. And this consequent, this proposed amendment in the A list was done in order to address this concern of the members to provide for the term infrastructure. And was if I'm not mistaken, was agreed to by the members to include the term infrastructure into the, the term transport sector in section one to comprehensively provide for the use of the term infrastructure in, in chapter two and the reference to access to real infrastructure. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. That settles this debate. Move forward. Um, advocate. Thank you, Chair. Okay, next one uh, speaks to clause four of the A list. Okay, let's go here. So we skip clause two. Here we go, clause four. 
this is that new clause that uh, allows for the phased in approach of different regulators as um, this regulator finds its feet and it can include other entities. So that's just a quick uh, refresher for members. And then going to the comments. Um, members will see here, this is the Western Cape's input. Inclusion of regulators should follow a process of consultation. It's unclear what grounds the minister may use to determine what regulators should be included. Uh, this should be clarified. And then if we look at the department's response, uh, the regulators were part of the steering committee that was to develop the bill as confirmed by the ports regulator. Uh, however, another forum is set up to look at finalizing the business case and implementation plan. All affected regulators have been invited to form part of this task team. Before the declaration is made by the minister to include a regulator as empowered by clause four, the respective regulators will be consulted. Then clause 411b provides for such grounds. In the main, the operational financial personnel and technical capabilities of the transport economic regulator will be assessed for readiness and viability to house additional or more regulators besides the identified. Um, these are by nature and form identified as economic regulators with related principles and attributes related thereof. So the department is of the view that the proposed new clause um, allows for uh, consultation before inclusion. Um, and here that the minister must look at the entity's abilities. Yeah, we'll also see that before the minister may consider making the determination, they must publish uh, the relevant report of the capability of the transport regulator. They must also publish in the Gazette a notice that such a determination is being considered and invite public submissions and may conduct public hearings on the matter in appropriate circumstances. So, Chair, that is what members proposed in the A-list, uh, which is that new clause four, to make provision for the phased-in approach into the bill. Um, I just want to go to the next page quickly, just to make sure we've covered everything. So here's another few comments there on clause four, Chair. It's the same one here. They just say that Western Cape, it's unclear what other types of regulators are envisioned. It should be clarified. Um, they propose that the word regulator should be inserted after the words any other. Um, and the department accepted the insertion of the word regulator after the words any other. Therefore, only economic regulators will be considered here. Uh, and then here, uh, Western Cape again asks for a correction of inconsistencies in references. And here the department indicated that they do agree section 11C should change to section 11B. Uh, opposite is true. Uh, so, Chair, that is the clause for comments uh, for members' input. The members' input is that um, oh, 
Jambas. Uh, I think my hand was too much. You were about to say something. I feel bad. Maybe I should withdraw and hear you first. Continue, continue, Jambas. Okay, thanks, Chair. Now, Chair, I, I think the Western Cape Department there is really taking us back. They didn't pick it up the first time. That was the in, insistence of the committee. And therefore, I think the first issue of uh, the minister and regulating that is explained by the department, our proposition should stand. Uh, the last part, which is, uh, I think it's 11B or 11C, I wanted to request that advocate makes us read it. What will it say as the department is agreeing there? What will it therefore read? But in terms of the others and what criteria and so forth, I think that uh, that comment is a bit belated. We applied our mind there and I think we should stick to what we proposed there. But I'd like clarity in terms of this 11 B and C, which was the last input. Thank you, Chair. And then if you allow me, once that clarity is given, one can be able to comment precisely on the last comment. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you, Honorable Manu, Advocate. Okay, Chair, so if we look at 11A5, for example, here, where they say regulator after the words any other, 11A5, let's go there. So here's where any other, so it should be any other regulator. Um, so that it focuses on regulators, not other types of entities to be included. That's the one. Then if we look at um, 11B and C, So here they, they basically want to swap B and C because they indicate here that uh, 11B is that the drafting of the report is triggered once the minister has determined that the regulator must form part of the, um, the other regulators must form part of the economic regulator. However, clause 11C1 states that the report must be published before the minister may consider making a determination. So if we swap B and C, members will see a B reads, if the minister has determined that one or more of the regulators referred to in A must be incorporated, the department must produce a report after conducting a review, including initiation of legislative reform within three years from the effective date thereafter. However, C reads before the minister may consider making a determination, the department in the prescribed manner must publish the relevant report and call for comments. So Western Cape is saying that you can't have the report first, you must first have the consideration. 
Um, and the department indicated there that, that those two should be swapped over. So, Chair, that um, the department can also just clarify if, if that is their view and that is the understanding that they will, then we will move what is here in C, uh, will just be moved um, above B and then B will become C. I hope that helps, um, but I'm sure that the department can also come in here, Chair, and just indicate why they, they agreed with this move. Um, and if it does uh, flow better to first publish and get comments before the minister considers. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Advocate. Honorable Manu, your final take. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Chair. Uh, on the first one of adding the word any other regulator, I'm in agreement it doesn't do any harm. On the second one of swapping them around, I don't see anything wrong there. However, if it assists the flow, as the advocate is saying, even there, my attitude would say, as long as we keep the wedding as it is, if you swap B and C, there is no harm at all, if that's what is agreed. So that would be my final input. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, Mayor Richardin. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, yes, um, we just want me um, with regards to the switching of subsection B and C. Um, Mr. Marcos basically say, stated what I wanted to say. As long as the substantial content of the clause remains the same, and the actual wording remains the same. Um, if the department is in agreement, then those clauses may be switched just for sequence purposes, but the content of the clauses is, remains the same. It's just for the, maybe for better flow as su suggested by advocate now. So we are in agreement with the advocate in that regard. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mary Charen. Mr. Sikudo Thank you, Honorable Chair. Um, hopefully, I will assist. Um, if, if you read clause C in any particular day, it, it may be interpreted differently. But read clause C as before the means I may consider making a determination contemplated in paragraph one. So it, it does give an instruction that before 411B is, 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 is decided, is, is handled by the minister or is, is, is implemented by the minister. Therefore, section 11, sorry, section 411C applies. After careful consideration in preparation for this meeting today, Chair, we would want to maintain the way it is reflected here. And also confirming that the changes, if we do eventually change, stop the, 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 the clauses, the, the wedding will remain the same, except that we would have to amend uh, 411CA there to reflect possibly B, and then uh, 411C1, uh, where, where it says must publish the relevant report contemplated in paragraph B, would have that alphabet 
will have to change, Chair. But with careful consideration before today's meeting, Chair, and obviously after having submitted our input as the department, we are comfortable that the way it is captured here, it is correct. Obviously, it's the matter of interpretation on any particular day when you read clause 411C. Uh, in part, you don't read it in full because it does stipulate that before the minister uh, articulates on the on the B on the A, then the department will then prescribe the manner in which this matter is done. Chair, so so those are the changes that we would want to reflect for consideration by the committee chair. I'm not I'm sure whether I'm helping here. Yeah. Yeah, no, you are being honest to the process. Thank you very much. Uh, this matter has been concluded. Um, Honorable Manu suggested a way forward which was in agreement with, with um, Western Cape. Is there anybody who feels that... Uh, the new consideration by the department should be considered or anybody that wants to uh, second the proposal by Honorable Manu? Honorable McDonald? Oh, you are seconding. Thank you very much. Advocate Almanel. Thank you, Chair. Okay, it's on here. Okay, big jump uh, to clause 47. Okay, let's go to clause 47. There we go, clause 47. Just want to get to the same clause in the bowl. This is on the council members and the appointment to the council. Oops. Here we go. Um, the Western Cape, um, for Clause 47, amendment set out in Paragraph 2, omitting 3 and substituting 5, amendment seems to be incorrect. Correct reference seems to be subsection 3 and not 5, thus the clause should remain the same. Subsection 3 deals with the qualifications that members must have. Subsection 5 deals with the fact that members are appointed on a full-time or part-time basis. They are proposing that uh, the proposed amendment is deleted. The department's response, what's captured in the ALIS is correct, due to two clauses added on page 26 after line 25. Therefore, our cross-referencing starts from number five and not number three. Then moving to the amendment set out in paragraph 8 of clause 47, 4712B, 
amendment seems to be incorrect. It's unclear how a member of the council can contravene subsection 13. The department's view, subsection 4712B of the bill provides a clear response to this matter. Uh, let me just go to those first year, paragraph two. Um, the three and five, that was because there was insertions that changed some sections. Uh, and then here, paragraph eight. Paragraph eight. Um, again, because of the insertion of those other two clauses, it had to go uh, to... 13, because we added this clause 3 and 4. So if we look at the reference here, Western Cape believes Section 3 deals with qualifications. But if we look at the new Section 3, then it deals with um, Parliament's involvement. Um, to the appointment of the council members. And if we look at subsection five, uh, that will, obviously we won't have this new five in here. Um, but subsection five is, here it's full time, but if we add three and four, a new three and four, it's one, two, three, four, five. And then it's here the member of the council when viewed collectively must comprise sufficient suitably qualified persons. Uh, I hope I didn't make members a bit more discombobulated. Um, again, section 13. 4712, member of the council ceases to hold office before the end of term, what happens there? That has changed. So we can just get clarity from the department if they are happy with those ones. Um, the department believes that the bill and those additional sections are referenced correctly and deal correctly with the contraventions. Um, they are saying the 12B is the clear response. And if we look at 12B, it's how they remove the members from the council. Uh, so members, um, on this one, the department did not agree with these proposed amendments from the Western Cape uh, for those, um, those additional two clauses. And then it's more a numbering uh, to make sure that the numbering falls in line and the different clauses refer to the correct um, subsections of that provision. Che? Um, just going to pause there before I go to clause 54.
<clears throat> no advocate. We are not discombobulated at all. Very clear. Let me get hands. Any taker, are we happy? Advocate, I can promise you that there are no issues on this one. Thank you, Chair. Then going to clause 54. We go clause 54. It's to omit or must in the bill. Clause 54 in the regulations. Let's just get that one, page 29, line 34, 34. So that is in our A-list, we're deleting that. So it's going to read on any matter which may be prescribed under this act. Now the comments, uh, Western Cape Department, the word must should be retained. It's common to have a provision that says that a minister may make regulations on any matter which may or must be prescribed under the Act. They are saying that the proposed amendment in the A-list be deleted. Um, the department's view, keep the word may, because not every matter may require a regulation for the minister's determination. Um, so that is clause 54 uh, on may or must um, Members will recall we had the discussion when we did the drawing up of the A-list um, on why, um, when it comes to regulations, uh, the department felt that the, the phrasing should just be that the minister may, already there, it's already there, minister may, by noticing the Gazette make regulations on any matter which may be prescribed under this Act. Um, so I'm going to pause there for members' input or if there's any clarity that members would like the department uh, or the legal uh, drafters to provide. Thanks, Advocate. Members are okay. Then, the next line... Um, <clears throat> Schedule one, consequential amendments. Amendments set out in paragraph 23, amendment of section 13.2b of the Airports Company Act. Uh, if we go there, schedule one. Schedule one. Uh, get that line again. Paragraph 23. So it's from lines, and the view here is that the word lines in paragraph 23 of the description of the amendment should be changed to line, uh, and the department indicated that they do agree to that amendment. Um, this would be, if we look at the one here at the top on page 38, in line 
22. Um, and this one is on page 38 from, it should be from line 28, not from lines 28. Otherwise, you need to say from lines 28 to up to what line if you want to have that reference. Um, so the drafters can just indicate whether the use will be from line 28, as suggested by the Western Cape, uh, or if they would like to keep it lines. Um, Chair, that would that's most likely a drafting uh, question there. Advocate, I'm here. I'm looking for any hand as you suggested. Uh, Thank you, Chairperson. Um, yes, it appears to be an unforced uh, drafting error. Um, we are in agreement to change that wording to the word line. Thank you, Chairperson. That will be done in the further amended A list. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much, Advocate. Thank you, Chair. Then <clears throat> on to the next submission uh, from Prasa. On the principal matters, members would have seen in the notes as well as this matrix indication, uh, there was a few concerns raised by Prasa uh, on areas or uh, policy areas that they felt were not catered for in the, the bill. Uh, so they, they lay these ones out and um, the department's view on the first one, um, for example, the bill does not address the issue of the investment required to level out the playing fields. Um, then the department indicated that it's not the scope of the regulator to do um, to deal with um, these concerns raised. Uh, it is the scope of PROSA. And the purpose of the Act on page 8 does emphasize and promote investment on infrastructure. Um, so if we look here, section 31F. one f Purpose of the Act, amongst others, are 2F, promotes uh, appropriate investment in transport facilities and services. So the department's view is that it uh, suitably um, will cover um, investments or taking into consideration new investments or investments required to either level the playing fields uh, or to promote the um, the provision of the transport. Um, so, Chi, I'm going to carry on with the general comments. Um, process support section four. Uh, but we caution that the opening up of passenger rail should be phased in uh, to harness the development of strong rail public transport sector without destroying current operations. The comment is noted. It's likely to be made, the bill is likely to be made applicable to PRASA as PRASA may be determined as a single operator that controls more than 70% of the market or that preconditions for competition in market does not exist, access to facility and PRASA being a dominant player. The department indicated that the comment is noted. 
Um, so those were just general comments uh, that Prasa made. Uh, it's not specific input um, to specific clauses, which is the next ones that we're going to get to. Uh, so Chair, um, if members are happy with the departments and the members noting those concerns from Prasa, then I can get into the, the specific clauses that they made recommendations on. Advocate, my members are happy. Please, it's 12 hours. Please continue, Advocate. Thank you, Chairperson. Then members will see uh, Prasa um, made a proposal uh, linked to the definition of economic regulation. So if I, this computer... If we go to economic regulation, we have it there in the definition of the bill. Process suggests that the term entity should be defined to circumscribe the regulated entities. The department indicates that they do not support the proposal. Um, that uh, the department can give some more input on why they don't think entities should be defined, but members did see that it is, a number one, it's a phased-in approach in terms of which regulators join, but it's also um, a phased-in approach based on um, how the entity builds up capacity and is able to regulate more modes um, then obviously more entities in those new modes will be affected. They would need to get the regulating powers of that mode first before they can obviously deal with that and defining or highlighting exactly which entities are to be regulated um, may cause a bit of an issue uh, with the flow of that, that, that process. Um, and... Uh, but I think the department can possibly describe it a little bit better. Then uh, Prasa suggests here that the definition be reworded as follows. Economic regulation means, in respect of this act, the regulation of entities, not markets, facilities or services within the transport sector by determining A, the price control for access to facilities, or for B, access to facilities or services and service. The department indicated here the definition could be reworded as follows. The economic regulation means in respect of this act, the regulation of markets, entities, facilities or services within the transport sector by determining A, the price control of access to facilities or for services and B, access to facilities or services and service. The word markets should not be deleted they do agree to adding the words in respect of this act. So members then in terms of um, the economic regulation, they are proposing in respect of this act um, to come in to that first line here. So it's going to be line 37 should get... Um, an amendment if members agree with that. Uh, Chair, just going to pause there. Advocate, I'm just going to take it from there and check 
what members are saying, Honorable Manu. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Well, I think the department's approach is is a nice one to say doesn't cause any harm because I don't know which other act this could be referring to other than this act. So I agree also that uh, it, it doesn't do any harm. Uh, let's support the response of the department as it is, their rejection of markets and, um, and the inclusion of in respect of this act. Don't know what difference it makes, but it doesn't make any harm if it keeps uh, everybody happy. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Jambase. Babuketa Mabalawa was Toto Le. Thank you, Mangate. Honorable Chairperson, I think the department must clarify because the recommendation from, 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 from Pastor says they suggested that the term entity should be defined to circumscribe the regulated entities the liquidated entities, but the department say nothing. They say they don't support the proposal. What are they saying? Because if they don't support, they must tell us what is their view on on, on that one. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much, Mondise. Um, Yes, Honorable Chair, I'm still here. What are you saying on that one? Uh, there's a few points around that matter, Chair. Uh, firstly, we do not have a definition for entity as, as, as it is suggested here that we should have a definition for entity restricted only to regulated entities. So there are two components with that sentence or that comment. One, it says consider having a definition for an entity. If indeed you consider having a definition for entity, it should only be restricted to regulated entities. On both angles, Chair, is that, as you would know, that you you don't want to have a definition for every weight uh, that you you have in the bill. So you look at high-level definitions that would improve the bill or the implementation of the legislation itself. So, so on that basis, we don't want to factor in a definition for entity. For example, Chair, a, a regulator is an entity. A, 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 a regulated entities are entities as well. Uh, and therefore, if you follow their comment to say we need to restrict it to ent- regulated entities, we will lose the whole objective of opening up the scope of economic regulation, not only to currently regulated entities, but to those who may be regulated by the determination of the minister at some point in time, Chair. Because the current status is that we have entities which are not regulated. For example, the PRASA itself, it is not regulated. And therefore, if you limit your definition to say regulated entities, it therefore means that you may want to then avoid regulating 
entities which are currently not uh, regulated. So my comment on the last part, it's in relation to section four, which is the scope of the bill itself that says those who are regulated now will continue to be regulated as regulated entities. And therefore in future, uh, whether medium term or long term, then the declaration will be made to basically regulate other other entities. So in, in a nutshell, Chair, we don't agree with uh, including a definition for an entity because it may be too limiting uh, because regulators are entities. Uh, you may have complaint co- organization from the private sector who would be entities as well. Um, regulated entities themselves are entities as well, Chair. So we want to leave that 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 terminology open so that at any eventuality where we want to focus on a specific entity, uh, there's no limitation to the legislation uh, in the implementation stage. And we would confirm that we are not comfortable to restrict, if indeed you agree to have this definition as entity, to restrict it to regulated entities. Chair, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Ndate Mieketsi. That settles this uh, uh, part. Advocate. Thank you, Chair. Uh, the next one, Prasar suggesting uh, that there needs to be a definition for the president. And then the department indicated here that insert definition for president as the president um, of means the Republic of South Africa. Um, So I'm sure, Chair, that should be um, the definition for president is the president of the Republic of South Africa. Um, The drafters can just indicate if if members are in agreement with adding the definition of president, how they will formulate that. Um, Because it does indicate here um, that in section 43 of the bill, this reference to the president is in the bill. If there's a need to add definition of president, then Chair, they would just need to give us um, the phrasing. Yeah, no? <clears throat> definition of the president. Let's hear members. Are we happy? Any taker? Uh, Babu Chambas. Chair, thank you, thank you. No, I, I don't agree. I don't know why we want to define a president in this uh, legislation. Uh, I really think here yeah, they're clutching at straws. Um, maybe there could be a reference somewhere I don't know, but really, Chair, to define the president now here, I think it's really going a bit far. That's my view, Chair. But if it doesn't do any harm, yeah, but I don't think so. 
Any other different view? None. Thank you very much. Advocate, let's move. We may pick up a pace a little bit. It, it will assist us, Advocate. Thank you, Chair. Um, Chair, then again in definitions, um, there was a recommendation uh, to amend, again, economic regulation. Uh, the department indicates here that the proposal from Mr. Black, uh, Dr. Blackmer is noted, but it's already addressed in clause 31A and 32B. There's no need to modify the definition for economic regulation uh, further than <clears throat> what the clauses provide. Then again, uh, there's a proposal to add a definition for the ports regulator. And the department's view was that the ports regulator will be um, will not be in existence after the establishment of this regulator, thus the definition will serve no purpose. And then um, again on the next uh, definition proposal to add, um, propose the inclusion of the regulator may enter into agreement with a licensed operator or party to an agreement or a port user for the variation of any tariff contemplated in subsection one. The department indicates that item 16C7B of Schedule 1 in page 37 deals with this matter, and therefore there's no need uh, for this additional inclusion. So that is those ones on the definitions, those first three lines. Before I go to the Freight Logistics Association. Um, let's move, Advocate. Thank you, Chair. Uh, then, <clears throat> Freight Logistics Association proposes um, some issues with Section 31D on page 8. Uh, the Terms of the bill introduce another level of restriction on private sector commercial transport operations by empowering the civil service to apply restrictive regulations where there is no proven need for them. Um, the department did indicate here that the bill aims to deal with abuse of market power and monopoly. It's not intended to stifle the economy nor increase the level of compliance uh, to legislation unnecessarily. Uh, no suggestion is made, but the comment is noted. Um, then on section 32A and B, uh, they recommend that the title of the bill is economic regulation, but it includes further social engineering. Uh, this patent interference and manipulation of competition where there are absolutely no current obstacles to the market. The department's views on this is that transformation and advancement of broad-based black economic empowerment are key pillars of the country, thus it's unavoidable. And it is difficult to understand the view of the, uh, of the Freight Logistics Association that there is competition uh, in the transport sector when the rail and port sector have attributes of monopoly and monopolistic behavior. Um, which market failures. So, Chi, um, I don't know if the department 
would like to clarify that or if the, the members need clarity on that or if the members um, agree that there remains a need uh, to regulate these sectors as well. Um, just before I go on to section four. The department. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Um, if you look at uh, Freight Logistics Association uh, comments on the comments line, it basically indicates A, the development, basically the purpose of the act must pursue the development of SMMEs. It must achieve e equality through measures designed to advance persons or categories of persons historically disadvantaged. We, we basically say that the bill itself indeed aims to basically deal with issues of transformation and advancement. And it, it is important that uh, under PEPOS, the, the two layers that I've uh, read, Chair, are, are, are critical uh, at one given point in moment where there would be a need for, for transformation and be advancement in the transport sector, Chair. Um, the second com comment, which is under recommendation, Chair, it says this is a patent interference and manipulation of competition where there are absolutely no current obstacles to the market. Uh, as you would know, Chair, that the current clause four basically says entities that are regulated currently would continue to be regulated, which have been viewed to be of monopolistic uh, in nature, um, but also when the scope is extended to other entities, uh, the focus will be to ensure that uh, we deal with market failures, uh, wherein the, at the most entities that are monopolies in their specific uh, markets and sectors would then be made subject to, to regulation by, by this wheelchair. So indeed, the bill supports the mechanism of increasing competition in the sectors that we're talking about here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That is good. Uh, members, anybody who has anything? Uh, I thought I wouldn't comment, but I think the Freight Logistics Association's comments uh, should not be accepted. Uh, the purpose of this bill, which is long overdue, is very clear. And um, let us not accept their proposition. Thank you, Chair. Any, any seconder? Do we still have other members with, with I, us here? I was, I was about to ask that question, Chair. <laughs> if your members are still here. Maybe let me second my Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Honorable uh, McDonald. We are here. Silent means concern. Chairperson, okay. I support 100% what Honorable Manu has uh, raised, and uh, I support him 100%. Thank you very much. 
any other view? None whatsoever, advocate. Thank you, Chair. Then section four, um, they also made comments on the scope of the bill, uh, indicating that the bill fails to define which sectors are to be regulated, uh, why they should be regulated, and how regulators of each mode will function. As it stands, it can um, apply economic regulation to anything from donkey carts and taxis to bulk railway operations without specifying how or why. Uh, the department did respond here to say that the scope of application is clear in section four, and it does indicate that those areas regulated now will continue to be regulated and new areas with monopoly and market power will be considered for regulation. Members will recall that the bill does provide for um, the market studies and the like to be done uh, before sectors are regulated. Um, so in order to Defining it from the start uh, would defeat the purpose of looking at future or including future areas that may um, need to be regulated because the monopolies do arise as they continue. So, Chair, um, I think that's that's really tags on to the above ones as well in the previous comments for section four. Just um, still with section four, four two. Um, they recommend that the bill gives sweeping power. Well, they do say here that the bill gives sweeping powers and authority to the minister, which has a deplorable 30-year history of creating impractical and ineffective commercial transport regulations, and it fails to provide adequate description of any identified need for such actions. Uh, the department indicated there's no need to make changes to section 4.2 on page 8. It is a futuristic clause in case monopolies exist or arise. Um, so, Chair, that is that section 4.2. Then, um, Chair, I'm sure members are okay with the department's views on those ones. Going to clause 2.5, um, it speaks of the insertion of the word processing in section 2.5 to read the access, protection, processing and dissemination of information. So this is uh, for the PIA and POPIA acts. And the department does indicate here that they do agree and accept the proposal. So that's clause two, five. Let's go back up here. <clears throat> So um, this is where we will include processing. So it's not just accessing, uh, access, protect, and disseminate, but it's also when they do process it. Um, the, the action of processing information is also protected under these uh, pieces of legislation, hence their proposed inclusion of that. And the department is in agreement with that, Chair. So we'll just need members uh, view if they also agree with adding the word processing after protection. Advocate, thank you. Let me see if members are here. So members agree, advocate, can we move? 
Thank you, Chair. Um, then our new clause four comments that they make there. Um, they note the proposed amendments, their recommendation. There are no transitional arrangements that address the fundamental change in the nature of the regulator and decision-making on price regulation. The department's view on this in terms of the fundamental changes to the nature of the regulator, the new law will be applicable with regard to structure inclusive of the CEO and the, the executive officers. Uh, this will occur with regard to the operational and technical decision-making, which includes tariff determination. Currently, the bulk caters for continuation of the decision-making of tariffs, however, by a different collective. The different collective is now the executive panel. Uh, in view of the above, the comments are not making, uh, or the department does not propose any recommendations to clause A in the A list. So, Jay, I think from this one, they are just concerned that if you, if you are going to include, for example, CBRTA, Later on, what is the transitional provisions going to be and how long will that incorporation of that new entity take into this entity? Um, the department feels that the clause uh, is sufficient to cover those concerns, uh, but members can also just give their input on this, on those transitional um, or possible transitional uh, concerns. <clears throat> Baba Ojambas. Arsiko uh, Bemanget, Nobas by two Arsiko. My view is that this is covered in the provision. I just forget the clause itself or the section where we say the department will produce a report and so forth and so forth. That B and C we were arguing about whether it's a C or a B before. And then the minister in publishing those regulations, in my view, would have had enough information to know the state of readiness of that entity and uh, as advised by the department. And therefore, I do not see uh, how this should be put in the actual piece of legislation before us. So I believe that this is well taken care of and uh, I think we should not accept this particular proposition. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Manu. <clears throat> Any different view? Let's forge ahead, Chair. Thank you very much, Mkhaizu. Advocate. Thank you, Chair. Then Ports Regulator Clause 29. Um, the concerns here is that it's established as a constitutional body and not a Schedule 3A. Um, and that Section 29 also makes provision for two levels of regulator decisions, governance decisions made by the board and regulatory decisions made by the executive regulatory panel. Committee is invited to consider inserting a new Section 38 on accountability. 
the department's views that section 292b reads as follows is independent and subject only to the constitution and the law um, <clears throat> this is not true that the regulator will be established as a constitutional body in any case in the business case the regulator will be established as a schedule 3a the roles and responsibilities of the board is only on governance. That of the CEO is administering the regulator, whereas the executive panel has decision-making powers on economic regulation matters. Chair, that is the department's view. They do not believe that there needs to be an additional section 38 on accountability um, or a need to <clears throat> specify um, that this is, is established as a Schedule 3 or specified in the bill specifically. Chair, then I'm just, can I just do Section 10 as well? Then this page is done, Chair. Um, they do indicate here to make provision for cessation, transfer or assignment of access rights to be reported to the regulator and the department indicates that this matter is addressed in section 7.2 um, on 10. Thank you, Chair. Advocate, <clears throat> thank you. <clears throat> there is a, a brown hand which looks like exactly my hand. I don't know whose hand is that one. Let me recognize it. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. <clears throat> Chairperson, um, the uh, Clause 29, um, which um, takes up the situation of the establishment of the Ports Regulator as a constitutional body, um, opposed to the proposed formation of the Economic Regulator, which would take the form of a Schedule 3A, is indeed a change. Um, amongst um, the future economic regulator uh, under Section 3A, um, a lot of other, in fact, the majority of the Department of Transport entities are currently listed. Therefore, uh, I don't see a reason to consider anything else uh, but to accept the change uh, from the current status of the Ports Regulator being a constitutional uh, founded institution to a then future Section 3A inclusion. And therefore, um, I would propose that we accept it uh, in the design. Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Um, um, Honorable Hunsinger. I don't see any other opposing hand. Therefore, I wish to say, let's forge ahead. Okay, maybe before we forge ahead, I think we need to stop here. I I know that may, may actually cause a bit of a problem in terms of our programming, <clears throat> but it is what it is. Um, unless we fail to <clears throat> deal with other items. Um, Valerie? 
you see I'm trying my level best, but I, I still need to go accordingly. Item number three, we will have to get some time and finish this item. Uh, item number three is a is consideration and adoption of committee's report on the international convention on the civil liability for bankers oil pollution damage for the year 2001 in terms of section 231 subsection 2 and uh, of the constitution report of portfolio committee on transport on the international convention on on civil liability for banker oil pollution damage 2001 dated the 1st of march 2022 the portfolio committee on transport having considered the request for approval by parliament of the International Convention on Civil Liability for Banker Banker Oil Pollution Damage, 2001, referred to it, recommends that the House, in terms of Section 231, Subsection 2 of the Constitution of 1996, approve the said convention. Can I get the mover and a seconder? for this report in this committee, please. Uh, Baba Ujambas, your hand is beautiful. Let me hear you. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Uh, I move for the acceptance, adoption of this report in this committee. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Ujambas. Let me get a second. Honorable Chairperson, I second uh, uh, Honorable uh, Manu. Thank you. Ndabo Ramadwa. Thank you. Item number four consideration of written submissions received on the Railway Safety Bill and the Transport. Appeal Tribunal Amendment Bill. We have received written submissions which are around 23, if I'm not mistaken. I call on members to give their views if this is sufficient so that we can commence with the consideration of what is written. Any proposal by members? Or or is this 12? Stakeholders, let's move up. Okay. Valerie, you want to say something? Yes, Chair, I've indicated to you that the the Gender Commission's um, submission came late after the closing date of the 18th. 
And I would like the committee's view if this uh, should be included um, as a late submission for on the on this particular bill. Okay. Let me hear members. Normally we do accept late submissions. Uh, wow, we have Mukhayes uh, followed by Honorable Singer. Yeah, Chair, no, you took the words right out of my mouth in as far as the acceptance of the um, late submissions is concerned. I think the more um, submissions we have, the better uh, for the committee. I don't think it inconveniences us in any way. So let us uh, let us accept the late submission uh, as presented by Valer. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, I we, I have no particular reservations. Um, and therefore, on condition of acknowledgement that it was uh, after the deadline, let's uh, accept and make the content count equal to the others. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, um, Honorable Member Hunsinger. We step off that item. Uh, Chair, just um, Chair, apology, just one issue. Can we have a seconder for for that proposal, Chair? Because I see Mr. Mabena is in the meeting, uh, so I would assume Mr. Wunsinger. Oh, okay. So we need Thank a seconder. Thank you very much. Hey, Valerie, man, you see when Mr. Mabena is so quiet, I'm just praying very hard that he should be quiet up until I close the meeting. But you are right. Any seconder? Honorable Chairperson, I second. Thank you. <clears throat> I did not see that, Valerie. Thank you very much. Let's deal with the minutes of the meeting that was held on the 22nd February 2022. Um, I have gone through the, the minutes of the meeting. Any Mover, uh, Babu Chambas. For the record, Chair, I've also gone through that. And I therefore move for adoption of the minutes as a true reflection. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Chambas, any... Chairperson. I second the Chairperson. All of all of the above, uh, Honorable Matwa and Honorable Stole, two second. Now let's come to this item, the very important item, which is the last item. There is a a, a report on the proposal of um, our oversight program. Uh, it will be nice if we adopt this proposal so that the uh, necessary arrangements could be done. Um, 
Chair, yes, uh, after our discussion on Friday, Chair, um, I've included the Northwest as uh, one of the points that the committee will visit uh, for the um, ITPN and the um, roads oversight. Um, so in terms of the program, Chair, um, it will then start on the Sunday of the 27th uh, for members to travel, and I've indicated to you the reason why. Um, originally, when the committee discussed oversight, Chair, there was an oversight week running from the Tuesday to the Friday. The latest update in the program indicate that on the Thursday, basically in the middle of that week, there is now a caucus and the questions to the Deputy President. So in order not to make members lose a day, um, the application that will be forwarded to the House Chair and the Chief Work for Approval Chair um, requests that the committee use the Monday, but there are issues around the Monday because it is a constituency day. So um, the Monday, the oversight starting on the Monday uh, um, on the Melotto Rail issue, followed by oversight with Sandra on the Melotto Road um, improvements. Then here on the, on the Tuesday, um, it will, uh, the DLTCs followed by a debriefing session with the RTMC and a meeting with the Road Accident Fund. And then Chair on the Wednesday starting with the, the Rustenburg Northwest leg on the on the on the oversight there. The issue now, Chair, is the Thursday. There's caucus and there's plenary. Um, I know that some of the members are required to be in the house. So obviously, if the committee continues to have oversight on that day, the Thursday, the 31st, it will need the approval from the chief whip. If um, if um, approval is granted, then the oversight will continue on that day. If, over, if a permission is not granted, then um, it will be the Friday the 1st. But that all of this, Chair, depends on approval from the, the House Chair and the Chief Whip that Thursday, but, uh, Thursday program and the Monday program. But, uh, Chair, we've included the uh, member, your comments on Friday about the request to include the Northwest. And further, Chair, um, I'll discuss with Advocate Nalvi looking. You also said you want to do a road, a road program. So we were looking at possible uh, areas for oversight um, to see which uh, roads then will be part of, of, of that. But it would also be great to hear from the member in that province um, if there are any suggestions in terms of of which roads could possibly be part of the of that oversight. So that is the pro that is the program chair. Um, may I also say that the initial program was drafted on the basis of the APP, where members basically 
um, or um, indicated the GP Mpumalanga let in the first term and the Northwest one on the second term, but Chair, from a logistical and a financial point of view, it makes sense to have Northwest included with the Gauteng Pumalanga Lake so that the committee doesn't spend money again in the second quarter to go back to the Northwest and then can rather focus on other provinces. So financially, logistically, it can work and it will be cost effective to include the Northwest. And we would like to have this application to House Chain Chief Whip as soon as possible. So um, Mrs. Maslati just asked us share, to please um, ask members to send the availability as soon as possible so that we can get the quotes because um, at the end of the visit, we, we want to avoid any, any audit queries and we want to get the applications in as soon as possible to, to the decision makers um, in this regard. That's all from me, Chair. Has the chairperson disappeared? I am looking for Chair now online. I um, it seems like that Chair um, I position. Am okay, Chair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't make a mistake on this one. I'm here. I can see that uh, my prayers have not been answered. Uh, Honorable C. Tulo, Honorable, Honorable Chris Hunsinga, Honorable Umtoni Shwa, Ubaba Omapena, and who else wants to speak on this matter? So that I close this matter nicely. Uh, Honorable Ketamabala and uh, and uh, I would close by Obaba Ulisa Bagwama. In that order, please. Chair, thank you very much. I think Valerie called me by <laughs> by name, although she mentioned the province. Um, but granted that I am from the Northwest and uh, I welcome the addition of the Northwest province, in particular the Rustenburg's IPTN um, uh, project uh, for oversight by the Portfolio Committee. I think that it is long overdue um, in respect of the news coverage on what has been happening in that particular municipality as far as the project is concerned. I also want to indicate that I think it, it would be it would be an injustice of some sort if one did not highlight the the disastrous conditions of roads in this in, in the northwest province. But I want to put to the committee through you, Chairperson, to say um, there are two petitions that were submitted to the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure nationally, which dealt specifically with two roads in the Greater Taung local municipality under the Ruth Mumpati District Municipality which were roads that were um, due to be constructed by the Department of Public Works and Roads in the Northwest province, which is currently being under administration for over two or so years now. 
those roads have uh, one has cost the department way over 45 million uh, without any work being done the other one has cost the department over 18 million without any work being done and i would want to put it to the committee to say because these are provincial roads and these are in a rural municipality in the northwest province which is where the condition of roads have subsequently deteriorated or are non-existent at this point. I would then like to propose then to the committee that um, we then do oversight in, 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 in this particular municipality, specifically in these roads, so that the portfolio committee can get an idea of what is the nature of rural roads in the Northwest, particularly in municipalities that are rural in nature uh, in this particular province. Um, it is quite a stretch, I must indicate, uh, but rural uh, constituencies in nature are quite um, far from, from you know, your, your, your ordinary mafikings and the likes. And I do think that as public representatives, first of all, we need to be able to enjoy uh, these particular uh, kind of roads so that we see what ordinary South Africans go through um, on a um, on a daily basis in as far as, as, as roads are concerned um, in, in, in the province. So I welcome that addition of the Northwest, in particular the RRT or the Rustenburg Rapid Transport Chair, but I propose also then that we um, show our commitment as a portfolio committee in going to uh, rural uh, areas to see um, how South Africans are generally being failed in as far as the construction of provincial roads are concerned, as well as the um, wastage of money um, in 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 under in those projects. Um, thank you, uh, thank you, Chair. Guys, Honourable Onsinger. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, I um, firstly would like some clarity. <clears throat> As the program was explained to us. It was subject to continuation on the Thursday and Friday by the speaker. So only through permission of the speaker in being absent for our caucus meeting, as well as for questions to the deputy president, this oversight will continue. No mention was made of a denial of that intention. In other words, if the whip, chief whip feels that the program should be ended on Wednesday. Um, I would really want to include Rustenburg um, and Northwest in particular. Um, and given that this is scheduled for Wednesday, um, what would the arrangements look like to return from the Northwest uh, to a place from where we would be able to travel? Would it mean that we can travel on the Thursday early morning? Um, and what are this, what, what is plan B, if that could just be shared with us? More particularly on the oversight, and the content thereof, Chairperson, in the eight years that I've been with the Portfolio Committee of Transport, I cannot recall one oversight in the Northwest specifically dealing with BRT. You will recall that there's been a, um, a decision by the AG, Treasury, to then withdraw funding on three cities of the 13 which are privileged to have a BRT. Rustenburg, um, in my thinking should have been included uh, based on the basis of a debility to execute on this particular mandate. I think this then requires particular um, uh, uh, intervention 
by the portfolio committee and the seriousness of us visiting them would certainly uh, be this hopeful hopefully be the stimulus to then get them up to speed and then also uh, focus on what has been happened there uh, what has been happening there uh, how much money has been spent there um, and what we could actually see in terms of um, practical infrastructure so chairperson uh, two points then one of clarity what is plan b should the chief whip decide not to allow us to continue on Thursday and Friday. And in the second issue, my absolute support for a focused oversight to the Northwest. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Let me implore the remainder of members who are going to speak to try and be short so that we can accommodate clarities. We are remaining with eight minutes on the clock. Mzoni, I know we shouldn't be fighting me and you today, man. Let me allow you to get in Mzoni, unmute yourself. No, Chepesen, I am on, I am unmuted, but I see that you are trying to, to manage me strategically, so, which is, is problematic, Chair, because, you know, you are the one who always protects me. Now, if I'm abandoned by you, I might as well uh, you know, terminate my membership of this committee because I'm exposed. I don't know, Chair, but nonetheless. Chair, okay, we welcome the, the oversight, um, proposed oversight, but uh, okay, first and foremost, I think the secretariat must be uh, applauded one. Uh, for their proactiveness in terms of ensuring that we 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 pay our respects to the king and the kingdom. Um, I think they they lent a valuable lesson in the last like in our last engagement. Safe to say that the report back to the Moloto residents it's long overdue, almost over a year now. Whereas we had promised them that we were coming back in less than uh, three months. So, you know, so that is welcome. But here's a challenge, Chipperson. We are already now in our midterm as a committee. So meaning that effectively we're left with two and a half years. In these two, two and a half years, as a portfolio committee on transport, we have consistently visited Gauteng. One could be forgiven to think that we are a portfolio committee uh, of the legislature, of the Gauteng legislature, because we're permanently in Gauteng, whereas we have oversight all over the province. I agree with the previous Honorable Member, uh, Chris Winsing, and also Honorable Sikolo, with regards to the Northwest. I think um, so far the committee has visited only three provinces. We've been to the first state. I'm not sure whether <laughs> that is because the chairperson comes from there. And Honorable McDonald is an interest mm-hmm. in... in, in in Bloemfontein, nonetheless, we did visit Bloemfontein and Free State. And I think it was strategic when we went there because there was a particular court case there uh, in, in, in the show, also Honorable Makosin. But also, the Imanent Houting, and we visited uh, Pumalang. Only three months, and we're in our mid term. So, so half our term is gone, and we're left now with the other half. 
So my proposal is this, we scrap all the Gauteng uh, visits, starting with the RAF. Current chairperson, those of who, are, who follow current affairs, there is a current dispute in terms of the accounting standards um, with uh, RAF. What are you going to do when you get there? Because you're going to get one side of the store. Allow for that process uh, between the Auditor General and the Financial uh, Accounting Standards uh, Board uh, to thresh it out. Then they agree, and then we can go there and do an oversight there. In terms of TLCA and TLTCs, um, it is an important issue, Chair. But I think Honorable Pete May, I don't know, but uh, you know, we, we don't want to make a situation where other members' inputs are not taken into consideration. He's been on this issue for Eastern Cape. I think it's about time we go to Eastern Cape and also. We can't be managed in terms of resources, in terms of uh, us going there, it makes financial sense. There was COVID for the past two years. There was no real oversight. What happened to that money? So we like we have to go to oversight. And also the other issue is the issue of KZN. Honorable Mangu raised the issue of KZN uh, in the previous meetings. And that issue we've not been, um, has not been taken in onto consideration. So here's my proposal. One, we scrap the rough visit, we scrap the Prasa visit. I don't want to say the Chairperson has a particular interest, um, but I think we scrap the Prasa visit, we scrap the rough uh, visit, including the DLCA. Those, all of them are in Gaute, who are going to be a portfolio committee that is permanently in Gaute. Now, here's my alternative. One, we add KZN, we have Mpumalanga, we have Northwest. In that way, we're going to visit KZN for the first time as a portfolio committee. And we're doing this halfway our term, which is unacceptable in the May. But also Northwest as well, unacceptable. We're doing so halfway our term. Again, the Eastern Cape, we're going to go there halfway our term. Again, unacceptable. Kick all of these counting things towards the other time for the uh, over. You, you, you are rounding up. I'm, I'm looking at time. I'm left with three minutes only, and we have three, four members who still wants to say something. On yeah. So then let me then let me summarize. One, we go to KZN, we go to Eastern Cape, we do Mpumalanga as planned, we do Northwest as planned. Um, it's not our business in terms of the logistics and whether that one is far from that one. That's none of our business. But that is the business of the Secretariat and the people who are in Parliament to make sure that we get the on time and that our accommodation is sorted. We, I mean, we can't be the portfolio committee be discussing logistics. That's nonsensical. So I think uh, unless if there's someone that has a different view, one of the members... <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> okay, okay, Honorable Mapena. I'm sorry to make, give you a feeling that I'm managing you. I'm trying to manage time. Let's get the next uh, speaker. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. I think, uh, Honorable Chairperson, my question was asked by Honorable Hansinger because I was trying to check uh, the, the data on. on the issue on, on 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 Thursday, if they are actually denying us to to, to continue on Thursday, what is going to happen? That's what I was just, just trying to check. Thank you very much, Chairperson. 
<clears throat> Thank you very much. Obaba Uketamabala. Jambas. Chairperson, thank you. Thank you very much. Mine is, uh, was simple, but maybe one needs to comment on on the fear that uh, these things might be denied. Uh, I think we've seen many committees going the whole week. I don't know why we are always concerned that our committee is not that important. So let's leave that to you, Chair. My input is very simple. In deciding a road, without underestimating what my colleague, Honorable Seisholo, has said, I was going to suggest that we ask the Department of Transport, uh, okay, we follow the money, the Provincial Roads Grant. We need projects where that Provincial Roads Grant has gone to. And we identify a road or two that is closest uh, to where we will be going. it might be the ones that the Honorable Seisholo has said, I'm, I'm not sure. But I would want to say in choosing, let's choose where this money from national, which is provincial roads uh, grant has gone to, and then let's identify those to the roads. Thank you, Chair. Thanks, Honorable Mangu. Honorable Matwa, Ramatwa. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. I'm not going to take your time. I just want to support what was proposed by um, Honorable Mabena um, of indicating that we can go to KZN, Mpumalanga, and Northwest because Houting is in the middle. So if we want to go to KZN, we can start by doing what is in Houting and go to other. Uh, provinces, but adding Eastern Cape and Limpopo. I'm raising Limpopo because every now and then we are getting a report of the border gate uh, bait bridge. So we need also to do oversight there because during Christmas, uh, Easter's holidays, there are challenges when there is holidays. So we need to go there and check what is it that is happening and what can be improved there. And I also want to support what Mr. Honorable Sitolo has said on the issue of Northwest, wherein we go to the roads that uh, the National Department has given money to them. Because the president during SONA, he spoke of, I think we need to, to go there. Chairperson, that's my... Thank you very much. Submission. Uh, thank okay, thank you. I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. Honorable member, let me just throw my two cents of the contribution here. I do still have recommendations by this committee. Gauteng has been part of uh, the recommendations. The reason why why I included Gauteng in the in the program is that on our way to Mpumalanga, there's Gauteng here, and on our way to Northwest, we are likely to 
uh, offload in, in OR Tambo. There is a program that is going to link Eastern Cape and KwaZulu Natal. I think it is in our program. We did talk about these issues. It's not a new issue. There is a program of Limpopo, as uh, Honorable Ramato is saying. I remember I included Limpopo when she was even not there. There is a program of Eastern Cape that we had said it will be linked with Guazulu uh, Natal. Let me humbly request uh, members that um, on the issue of whether there is the refusal or not, let me talk to the, the chief whip and the chairperson of the um, chairs of chairs and see if we can get granted to see our program to finish. Uh, but humbly request that let's leave this program as it is. We are still going to see Eastern Cape and KwaZulu Natal. We will see Limpopo. We will also see Northern Cape as part of the program. So we'll basically see every um, um, province. If uh, I may humbly request the members, uh, let me hear what the Honorable Mapena is going to say. Uh, it will be followed by Ndadema Kosini, and we'll close this matter if there's no any other person. Okay, thank you very much, Chepizen. Um, Just two quick things. One, I just want to flag it that you're creating a precedent that uh, we are going to speak to Honorable uh, Chair of Chairs, uh, Usidrit Frolik. And that in future, because we've had this problem before, where we're supposed to go to Pumalanga, and we're told that Sidri Frolik wrote a letter to the committee telling you effectively that you cannot take your committee to Pumalanga, instructing you to do so. So I'm saying, even in future, when Sidri Frolik feels like doing that, you must also, because you've set the precedent, be in a position to engage with him and tell him of the importance of you taking your committee as per your commitments to the public out there that you made as a chairperson. It's important that we flag that for record purposes in the committee. Secondly, there is no member that spoke that uh, agreed with the program chair. Every member put in a suggestion. In fact, no member uh, pushed for us to be in Gauteng. The only issue was the centrality of Gauteng from May Ramat. So in essence, what members are saying, I'm not speaking for them, but they can speak for themselves. We're not happy with this Gauteng thing. We understand the centrality of it. But the issue here is we're tired of being in Gauteng. We want to go to other, other provinces also vote for us to be in parliament. So unless if there's any member that spoke differently and I didn't understand, no one was supporting this issue of, of, of Gauteng. In fact, all members were giving an alternative. So in essence, in summary, the committee is saying they must relook at this program, remove these Gauteng things and prioritize other provinces. Meramadwa even added Limpopo onto this entire thing. So I'm saying that's that's what the members are saying. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Honorable Mapena, followed by Meramadwa and Ketamabala. Honorable Ketamabala will then close this matter. <clears throat> Thank you, sir. 
I don't uh, deny the fact that we should go to other provinces. But my take would be, we went to uh, oversight in the free state and up until today, nothing has happened. I was there last week. And that province where I come from and where you come from is number one province in squandering money allocated to service delivery. So my take is I propose that you make a follow-up and not be seen as a portfolio that visits provinces and not force uh, provinces to pay what is due by them to national. Thank you. Honorable Ramadwa. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Chairperson, um, I indicated that Houghton is in the middle. When you want to go to Northwest, you can start from Houghton. As, ta- as long as we are having time, because it's not the issue of going to the provinces, but the issue is dealing with the matter that we want to do oversight on. Secondly, I would like to second your proposal for now, because the program is there, and though we are raising our concern, and I hope the issues that we are raising, they are going to be accommodated. Uh, but for now, let us uh, 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 do what the program is doing, as you are humbly pleading to us. Thank you, Chairperson. <clears throat> Thank you, Honorable uh, Ramadan. Ubabu uh, Jobe. Thank you, Honorable no, I'm I'm disagree with uh, with with my friend Honorable uh, Mapena. We we can we cannot squeeze Kwazulu-Natal. is a vast is a, is a vast province, so now we cannot just squeeze because of of of, of visiting. So if you are if you want a pro, the 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 second largest province is Kwazulu-Natal and the eastern province. <clears throat> okay. I hope it's not uh, my network. It is Honorable Stoller's network. We have in essence captured what he is saying. Uh, we will follow the program. We will go to KZN, as I've said. There are, this issue should not divide this committee. It's a very simple issue. We respect the views of everybody, but uh, the, let the program remain as it is. Ramato has actually um, conquered, and um, Honorable Ketamobala is also saying the same. In that high note, let's try our level best that uh, uh, Valerie on your side talk to the administration. Let's see that the program is carried. I'm sure next week we will be able to indicate how far we are with this program. Are we together, Valerie? Um, yes, Chair, but as I've indicated earlier, Mrs. Mashlati is really asking members to 
get back to her as soon as possible about the availability. That is a very important issue, Jane. Please, members, your availability to Ms. Masati as soon as possible. By next week, we should be able to know who's going, who's not going. Uh, we're sorry to have uh, encroached beyond the time uh, allocated to us, but I want to um, thank the legal team. I think uh, they did very well, Mehar Cheren and Mepumelele, with our own advocate and everybody involved. The committee for, for having been robust on issues, including this last issue that always um, divide us a bit, but it is not anything personal, but we all want to see work happening and visiting all other provinces. Thanks for, to anybody and everybody that participated. Thank you very much. The meeting is closed. Long live everybody.